You're listening to a Mutiny Transmission. You can find more podcasts, videos, books, comics, and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com. Or just stop in the store in Denver and have a coffee sometime. Welcome to episode number 97 of the motherfucking podcast. This is, of course, the official podcast of the International Power Rock Combo, motherfucking ruckus from Denver and Chicago, respectively. I'm your host, Aaron Howell. Back there in the booth, as always, is Gordo G. Gordelstein. Hello. Hey, Gordo. How you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. I had fun playing with you at... um, at Chain Reaction Records on Sunday. That was fun. It was a ton of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was especially fun to hear, because I've, I've had the CD in the car, and I've been listening to Ape Shit Mood Ring a lot, and hearing you guys do the Ape Shit Mood Ring songs live was really fun. Hopefully we, uh, we didn't fuck those up too badly. No, no, you didn't. And it was really cool hearing how they translate live, because I know a lot of bands worry about their... Uh, live arrangements, you know what I mean, and and like the things that you record in the studio and and how they're going to turn out, but uh, but I thought uh, I thought they all translated really well from from record to live, and it was pretty cool. My guest today, since Gordo's distracted with all the fun toys that we're doing right Sorry now, about that. Yeah, uh, it's okay. Yeah, that's your one shout out for the whole show. So you blew it, man. Oh man, I can't even plug our Larimer show. <laughs> well, yeah, plug your Larimer show. We're playing at Larimer next Tuesday. Very cool. St. Patrick's Day. St. Patrick's Day. At some point during the podcast, we should talk about we should talk about ads and what we learned from from making ads. Because I want to help you out with that. Because I think you could get tons of people out to that. Yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really do ads well, anymore. Saint, Saint, I, I tried ads and then they sucked, and then I just stopped doing ads altogether. I felt the same way, especially after our conversation where we basically spent the whole episode with Justin LaSalle from Axe Slasher going, "Yeah, to hell with ads. I'm not paying for them never again." Yeah. But uh, yeah. oh, thank you, Bonnie. But um, but uh. I've, I've learned a lot about it, and they've also improved the platform quite a bit. So maybe we'll talk about that later on in the show. But Saint, I feel like you really need to push St. Patrick's Day because, like New Year's, so many people are going to be out that night that it doesn't matter if there's 100 things going on. A lot of people are pushing St. Patrick's Day yeah. in real time right? on St. Patrick's Day. Exactly. That's right. There's going to be people out on the streets peeing their pants. There's going to be plenty of pants peeing people to come into your show. Pants... Peeing people. Pants a Come on in. My guest today, our guest today, sorry, Gordo, is a multimedia artist, is a hell of a drummer for the band Balonium, and most recently is a soloist at Daughter of Horror. Please welcome to the show, Bonnie Finley. Hello. Hi. Yeah, I was waiting for the applause. You're, you're our applause track. Thank you. Thank you, Gordon. Mm. So, okay, so here's my question for starters, because I have no idea. What the fuck is Daughter of Horror? Um, well, uh, I've 
besides all the other stuff that I've been doing, I've I've always had a uh, uh, a want to just play by myself uh, live, and I've always liked uh, you know really dirty deep synthy stuff. Okay. Um, and uh, like kind of like ambient synth type uh, of stuff. More more like dark synth wave, not to be confused with dark wave of the nineteen eighties. <laughs> okay, you're gonna have to break that up for me. Uh, dark gonna... dark synth wave. I don't know. Think of a a, a Delorean, but it's like goth black, <laughs> and you just see synthesizer waves going on across the horizon. That's a really good description. Yeah. What, 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 so what kind of bands would? would uh make up what would be some of the big names in the the dark synth wave category um well anyone that i would know let's see oh man there's a it, it's it's one of those genres like uh almost like edm where there's so much that you really don't see a lot of the names because they're all compiled in these big right. dark synth wave lists um, but I would say like my influences, uh, synth wise, uh, go back to like fucking Frankenstein, uh, <laughs> you know, like literally Frankenstein. No, or no, like I, Edgar uh, Wintergroup. Edgar Wintergroup. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, they like, go all the way back to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein. Yeah, no, totally. That's, that's my greatest influence. That's where the first synth was created. <laughs> Wait, but when you said Frankenstein, like I, it, it. Gave me an idea, you know. I'm like, oh, okay. Well, uh, yeah. So like, well, really speaky, spook. <laughs> yeah, but like, that's that's where I'm trying to take it. Actually, is to uh, create a a horror spooky aspect to the so like genre. monster movie sounds. Yeah. So da- uh, da- daughter daughter of horror is like monster movie sounds. Type yeah, stuff. yeah. You could say that. Yeah. But um, like, if they were, but like, mon- monster movie sounds in like a dark B horror movie. Yeah. From the yeah. 80s. Yeah, you could say that. Yeah, yeah. Totally. But with like a fucking pulsing beat behind it, you know. Is it danceable? Um, Is it, it danceable or fuckable? Because I think they're different. Well, I, I would definitely say it's fuckable. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, I would I would say there's a difference between danceable and fuckable music. Like danceable is kind of like a preamble. And then fuckable music, like you don't want to go to a club and like dance with your friends to, to fuckable music necessarily. Oh, yeah. That could, that could get a little weird. Well, and it tends to be, I feel like fuckable music is, tends to be a little slower tempo than than what you would think of as like traditional yeah. dance music. Oh, yeah. Totally. Um, Especially in the spooky, spooky, dark synth world. And that's not to be confused with dance fuck. <laughs> yeah, no. Oh, totally. dance fuck yeah. is my favorite genre of music. <laughs> not to be confused with deep, dark fuck dance, which... Which is an emerging new category. Or dance, dance, uh, dark fuck. Dance, dance, dark fuck revolution. That is my favorite game at Dave & Buster's. I have have the all-time, well, second all-time highest score on dance, dance, fuck, wave, revolution. Uh, The only person who beats me is some some 10-year-old Japanese kid. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, but... With the the whole genre thing and uh, where I came from, you know, like just some of those early synths I really loved, but like uh, Devo 
was a okay. huge inspiration for me. It's always has been, and I mean that shows up in Belonium, right? Uh, unabashedly. Are we, are we able to bring any audio in? Can Dude, we? Dude, can we? Pipe I just got to say something really quick. Tony what? Lee's giving me shit for wearing the same clothes I wore to the show yesterday. <laughs> How do you know when Tony Lee's watching your live stream? When he's ripping on when your clothes? When he's ripping on my clothes. I'm wearing the same clothes. And uh, let's keep in mind, this is coming from the guy who I'm, owns like one pair I'm of pants and man. four shirts. I'm a busy man, Tony. I'm a busy man. <laughs> Don't take... Tony owns four shirts. Don't worry about what I'm Tony not, Lee I'm has to take say. take your word for that. <laughs> Seriously, uh, if you are bringing any audio in, I would suggest uh, factoids. Can, can we bring in any you? audio? Can we... Can we pump any audio in here? Uh, at the moment, no, but I'm going to work on that. Okay, we can we could pull an RCA off the uh, the other board and um, and we could run it off your phone if you want. They're going to work on that. We're going to try and pull some audio in, but we'll find some the audio. The problem is I use my phone for the for the camera oh. switching, so there's there's a little bit yeah, it's it's oh. kind of an interruption on the uh, on that thing right now. Well, you could hook it to the laptop. We'll let them figure it out. We'll let them figure out. By the end of the episode, we will figure out a way to pump some audio. Oh in yeah, because oh, I want yeah. I want to hear I want to hear some of the stuff. You know. Yeah. It's like it's like what is that John Lennon thing? Well, it's, I'm paraphrasing, but it's like talking about music is like dancing about architecture, something like that. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. I think he said writing about music, but yeah. Is that it? Oh no, that's. I uh, thought we were listening. <laughs> no. Like, I thought we were listening, and that is literally noise coming from that, the shop. I think outside. that track came from my dream one <laughs> that's time. Your own, that's your own uh, dark wave mind right there. This podcast, some, this podcast just became this podcast just became the haunted podcast. Dude, there's some guys. Looking hilarious. So, so the studio is next door. Okay, this is the best. Oh, part. They, are they out there hammering the audio booth? Yeah, I'm done. Thank you. The audio booth is directly like the only thing that separates us from our neighbors is one sliding glass window and our neighbors just happen to be a construction company they do so if you've if you've been following the podcast for a while and out of nowhere you just hear like the rumbling of a diesel engine or something like that it's it's from our neighbors and additionally uh, the the air conditioning system in here is spotty at best, so we oftentimes have to open the window, and it'll be like right in the middle of a super deep conversation, like some, or you're, he'll hear some guy like, back that fucking thing up, stop telling me what to do, asshole. Do you remember that episode, Gordo, where it was just you and me <laughs> yeah. sitting in here, and the first like five minutes of the episode was you and me just like, like getting away from the mic so it could pick up on the stuff that was going on outside. Well, there was, there was, there was good tape going on back there. <laughs> it was so Really good. good tape going on. I seriously, for a second, because I started hearing it in the headphones, I thought that you got it pumped in that quick, and I thought that Daughter of Horror just, like, starts out with, like, really cool, like, ambient drum noises or something uh, like it, that. It's giving me some good ideas, though. <laughs> Yeah, that's ah. that's something we'll eventually be able to do, but right at the moment, it's uh, the technology is is here, but we don't have the it's it's user error. No, we don't have the technology yet. Uh, <laughs> so anyway, continue telling me about Daughter of Horror, please. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So, so what? What got you? Uh, because I've seen you only recently starting to promote it and talk about it. I haven't I had ha- haven't had a chance to hear anything yet. But what? Yeah. Um. Really. What incited this? It's um. It's just my. I don't know. I making music's kind of therapy. Right. Me. Um. And uh, our our guitarist and main. Well, I would say I'm going to. Just not to get in trouble, I'm going to say half of the writing team. Uh, he, That's uh, a safe bet. Yeah, no, I don't, I don't want to if there's incite two of you, you anything can... within our band. Uh, <laughs> that would be really fucked up if you were like, uh, 42% of our writing team, you know, 3.5% of our writing I mean, team. Bolonium uh, at its core is a two-person video-only band. Uh, that's how it started. That really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh yeah, it was just Tim Johnson and Richard Taylor and uh they had just gotten done making um Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer. Right. The Denver film, zombie film. Right. Uh, with we some we Lloyd actually Kaufman in it. Yeah, yeah. We well. we played for the fundraiser for that like Oh really? Like a hundred years ago. Oh wow. When he first started working wow. on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I, I think I had seen MF Ruckus maybe six years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before yeah. I even knew Mar or knew you or right, anyone right, right. else. Uh, and I will just bring it up. That was uh, you guys were awesome. Oh, thank uh, you, thank when, you. When I had no idea who you guys were. Well, so. we just we just started really talking fairly recently. Yeah, like you and I really only became like officially acquainted in the last year. Yeah, Before that, it so. was like it was just like I knew your face from the internet, and that yeah. was really it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you see each other in public, and there's that like moment where it's like, I recognize them. Do they yeah. recognize me? Are we, are we Are recognizing they, each other right now? Y'all were playing the parlay uh, like maybe a year or two ago. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, uh, yeah. I just walk up, and you're like, Hey, it's Bonnie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just in the middle of your set. One one way that the internet is is very useful is it's like. It's like fuck. I can't remember that person's name. I can't remember that person. Oh yeah. And then you pull out your phone and you go. <laughs> oh yeah. You go find him and say that. Okay, that's them. Hey, David. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so so there's a, there's a lot of side roads there because I want to talk about oh, Polonium yeah. and I want to oh, yeah. talk I want to talk about uh, and all that stuff. But I want to I want to stick with this this daughter of horror thing. Like what? So wh- who's the other half of your uh, writing team for starters? Because you were just getting ready to talk about that, your fifty percent writing oh, of, partner of Bolonium. Oh, wait. is what I was talking about. Oh, okay. So uh, you weren't talking about you. I, no, I, Daughter I, of Horror is just totally. That's my you, one hundred percent. Yeah. Okay, so you were what the kind of inciting event that led you to doing that was working with Richard and Tim. Is that yeah, what, yeah, yeah? yeah. Uh, so Bolonium, we've been it's about three and a half years now that we've been a band, right? And uh, it's it was my first actual live band ever. And I, I mean, I used to be in jazz band in high school. What did you play in jazz band? Uh, well, I I had never taken any other music in like sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, ninth grade, the whole. Sh- Shebang, right? Uh, so my senior year, I'm just like, I want to try jazz band, uh, and he's like, Well, can you play anything? Try to solo <laughs> over this song, and I go walk over to the marimba and the vibraphone, uh, and just started playing on that. Never and, having played it before in your uh, life. Well, I, I play like I grew up with a upright piano, right? Uh, so it mom, follows the same. Yeah, thing. my mom yeah. played piano in church and stuff like that so i mean you had one around and you were aware yeah. that these are the high keys these are the low yeah keys. i just kind of started teaching myself 
uh, how to play it. And what happened it, when you did that solo? Uh, he was like, you're in. Really? Yeah. And so when we're getting ready for the the concert, <laughs> no, great. nobody wants to take solos. Right. So throughout the course of finding out who's going to do what on what, I got like seven solos out of maybe 10 or 11 songs. That's really cool. Yeah. That's really cool. It was fun. I'm sure a lot of it had to do with... Because, I mean, you can you can go down a lot of rabbit holes with regard to music theory and, mm. and, and learning and, and song craft and all these different things, and I think that someone should. But at the end of the day, there's the one fundamental principle of all music, which is if it sounds good, it is good. Yeah. You know, yeah. really super simple. And if you have... You know, you you grew up around your mom playing piano, and you was, had a basic knowledge of the mechanics yeah, of it. It started out through by ear, right? And if you, know. you it, one of the things this is a really funny thing is is I was in jazz band too at uh, DSA when I was a kid, and uh, we had this improv jazz clinic, and this guy came in and he's just like honking on his saxophone, just like you know, wanking off all over the place, not really following any cor- any sort of discernible chord patterns. Yeah. But then he started telling us about, like, you know, this, this idea of, like, as long as you eventually get to the right note and you land on it, it's like sticking a landing in a way. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, totally. Like, there's it's a ten- gymnastics. Right. It's auditory gymnastics. So there's, like, there's a tension associated with kind of flipping around in the air, theoretically speaking, with, you know, whatever notes you're on and occasionally these other things get on. And as you are moving around, you eventually kind of find the neighborhood that you're supposed to be in. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure, since I'm I'm sure you were a weird kid growing up. I know I was a weird kid growing up. I know Gordo and Ethan were weird kids growing up. I mean, look how I turned out. Total (laughs) weirdos. I'm sure, I'm sure... uh, that you just had that that ability to get weird on something to like go just stand at I the vibraphone. I one hundred percent approve that. Yeah, message. yeah, yeah. You know, you go up and you just start banging on something and having fun. And I think that oh yeah, a lot of what it comes to that that separates maybe a a a lifetime musician to someone who doesn't get into it all or dabbles and then quits is really it's just about getting over yourself and shutting off that self-regulatory part and allowing yourself to just get weird oh, yeah. and get wild and freak out on something. Oh, yeah. And I'm sure that And being, it's seeing the bigger picture yeah. too, you know, like Yeah. You know. Uh we with Bolonium we played a show with Clownvis. <laughs> Did you really? Yeah, at Larimer Lounge. You guys have a great niche carved out for yourself. Oh, I know. Like, like, I have to say. We played for him twice, once at Lost Lake and then the second one at Larimer How Lounge. How was that? Larimer Lounge show was a Sunday, and, like, it looked amazing in these pictures, but then, like, there's a picture of the crowd, and it's, like, <laughs> our other guy who's part of Bolonium. Uh, and then someone else, just, like, two people standing there and like, really nice black and white and... How was the crowd for Clownvis though? Doesn't Clownvis have a draw? No one came. <laughs> oh, no. Even like it You're was just me. us watching Clownvis. Yeah, I thought Clownvis was huge. He is. Yeah, he like, is. Seems like that is a real big draw. But and I don't he know. and then like he kind of worked that into his set. Like 
<laughs> oh, this is the last time I let this guy fucking book our shows, <laughs> you know? Like, uh, no, and, and then he was like, no, I'm just kidding. I'm, I'm the one who does that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you guys, you guys really uh, do... Sucking so, on a chili dog. So, so, so the way that I the way that I ended up becoming, I would say, initially introduced not to you specifically, but to Balonium. Aside from, I should also give a little uh, background. Uh, I, I mentioned before that we uh, we played at Bender's Tavern for an early fundraiser for Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer. Oh, that like, was at Bender's. Yeah, that was at Bender's. Wow, and nice. Lloyd Kaufman was there, and it was Amazing. A, like a trauma-sponsored event. Yeah. Like, this was a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. So that means that if Richard and... I didn't even know them at that time. If either. they just put out Adam the Amazing Zombie Killer, what, three years ago? That's like... I think it was longer, longer than that. When did that. they put it out? Oh, like, I might be wrong on this, Richard and Tim, but five or six years ago. Okay. So that's... Maybe around there. So it probably it probably maybe, took him about four or five years maybe to make the Maybe more than four. It know, took like, like four or five years to make the film then, probably. Yeah, I know it was a long, arduous process. Yeah, I should, I should, get, I should get Richard and Tim on here. I'd love to... Oh, I'd love they to would love to do this. Yeah, I'd oh, love yeah. to have them on. But the, okay, so the way that... The way that I became acquainted with Balonium was I used to book at Three Kings for a little bit. I was oh, the, that's right. Yeah, so I was one of the I was one of the managers there, and it was at the end of my tenure. And basically, one of the owners said, "I'll give you guys each a thousand dollar bonus if you complete if you completely fill up the calendar." Oh, nice. And so the way I went about it is I I just would. At the end of every shift, I would go sit, or at some point during every shift, I would go sit in the office and just answer emails from bands that were interested, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would check them out. And now in my head, it's just like, well, if you want to fill the calendar, you're just, you're going to have to relax your, not standards, but relax your purview of allotable bands. You know what I mean? That was the way that I looked at it. Mm -hmm. So I just immediately started booking all kinds of stuff. And as a result, because I'm only listening to bands 30 seconds at a time, some of it was good. And you booked us too. And I booked you too. Oh yeah, and hell some, yeah. Some of it was good. Nice. Some of it was good. And some of it was not good. <laughs> oh and yeah, I've seen some not good ones. There. Now, now, and and I, I feel comfortable mes- me- mentioning this because he's coming on the podcast soon and we have since, you know, made up and become good friends again but at the time that I was working at Three Kings towards the end Vinny Fasano and I were beefing a little bit you know what I mean oh, just yeah. the, the, the power struggle he'd been there longer than I was and we you know didn't see eye to eye on certain things and it's all one of the br- uh, water under the bridge we ended up patching things up and everything that's good but he's a great guy oh he's a great guy I love Vinny and uh, but because he oftentimes ended up working the donker shows that I did that were, did not go particularly well. You know, he didn't much care for that. And eventually, you know, it, everybody one by one kind of parted ways from Three Kings and there was a changing of the guard essentially, right? Yeah. You know, uh, I left and then eventually Vinny left and then eventually Josh Mullen left and long before that, Jim Norris left. And it was yep. just, it's changing of the guard situation. Years later, or not even years later, maybe a year and a half later, it didn't go on that long. Vinny and I are talking again, 
And uh, the one thing he said about the the bookings that I did, he was like, "Oh, hey, by the way, that Balonium band ended up really working out great." Hell yeah! Yeah, he was. The, you guys were the one band that he mentioned that was like, "It's like, yeah, the Balonium band was pretty cool." That man. was that was like our favorite show that year because we were like playing at Three Kings. Yeah, yeah, man. Yeah, and I mean there was like there was like fifteen people there probably. Yeah. You know, it was I've played plenty of shows at Three of those, Kings for fifteen. But people. it was great. Yeah, it was fantastic. It's we loved it. Yeah, it's it's still it's a hot stage. It, it's it is a hot stage, it and is. it's one of the coolest rooms that there is. Oh, no yeah. matter what, no matter no, totally, no matter where it we sounds may play. Great. Yeah, I love that room. I it, and it's it's always sounded good, and that stage has always felt like home to us. It really has. Yeah, a lot of fond memories there. I love that there is still something splattered on the ceiling that has been there for. Probably the entire time I've been going to Three Kings, that has been there. It is something that is splattered up on the ceiling. Does it anyone doesn't know like, what it is? I've never asked. <laughs> I've never asked. I've never seen anybody mention it. In fact, it's to my spot. knowledge, to my knowledge, this is the first time mentioning it on this podcast. Oh, wow. Like this is the first time that anybody has ever made mention of the giant splatter on the ceiling of Three Kings and now all sorts of people are going to go there. I feel honored. I feel honored. What's the location of the splatter? It is stage right, so audience left, straight up to the left of the lighting rig, the front lighting rig, kind of in between okay. the merch area. Okay. Up there oh, on the ceiling, okay. there is a splatter there. And I don't know what it is. It doesn't look like yeah. water. It's probably beer, but I like to hope it's something else. Like is some it, sort of fluid that hit the ceiling during like blood? a burlesque show. He slammed me. Or like some sort of like fake blood from a uh, yeah. uh, some fetish thing that they did there because they do all sorts of weird crap. Did Guar ever play? Yeah, <laughs> Guar never played there, but oh. members of Guar did play there. Oh. Yeah. So yeah, so the... the when you guys first came on my radar was Balonium booked that show at Three Kings. So, and then over the years by staying in touch and, and following Richard and by following the project online, I've just seen that band grow and seen you become a part of it and, oh, yeah. and see it grow into this, this act where you guys are really working a lot. Yeah, like, like you guys play Our, a lot. You get a lot of you get a lot of solid gigs again in that niche market. Yeah, we we played uh, the we played Comic Con the first uh, like the like, real like the Comic Con Comic Con yeah, Denver, like Denver Comic Con. How'd that go? It was great. Our, uh, the, Always wanted to get that. The first time was, all right, it was at Stoney's. It was like their after party thing. Oh, yeah, cool. Oh, did but it was so fully, like the rock Comic Con? Yeah, but it was fully uh, like marketed through their denver comic-con as the parties to go to mm-hmm. you know? but uh how the, was the crowd uh the first year was okay they didn't know who we were as great but right. there was a giant like fucking it filled up the whole stoney's like open play area with a uh, like solid uh cube lights as a dance floor you know, so we had this giant dance floor, and we had maybe ten people, like just kind of. We had like <laughs> Spider, out. we had like Spider Man, like by himself. You know, that is awesome. Uh, yeah, it was it was good, but the the next year was great. It was at the Hard Rock Cafe, right, right, on Sixteenth Street Mall, and it was packed house for that one. So is this something different than the 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 Rock Comic Con? Because I know, um, uh, I Rock know Comic Con. Okay, so 
White Fudge got booked on the Rock Comic Con, which was booked by Charlie LaGreca, who was uh, who started the Comic Con, and then eventually he and his brother Jeff left and started Dink. Oh, Dink! Yeah, we uh, we haven't gotten to do Dink yet. So in between there was Rock Comic Con. No. Which was which was somewhat I thought associated with the Denver Comic Con. So this is like you were part of the official yeah Denver Comic Con. Yeah, event. we got Comic Con passes to go all. And weekend, you did it twice, twice, two years in a row. That's really awesome. Like our first year as a band, we got that. That's a really easy tie-in too. You yeah, know what I mean, no, totally. Because of because of weird, what you guys weird Al was there too, and we're an accordion what? rock band. He wasn't at the gig. Right, he was at that Comic Con. Right, but there were fans of his that probably. That was the year that we played at Hard Rock, and we were packed. We packed out the place, right? With uh, the Goonies, I should mention the Goonies because they played as well. What did the Goonies do? What they is were like episode? an '80s cover band. That's really cool. Yeah. So okay, so how was the crowd for the Hard Rock show? It was amazing. Did you see a lot of conversion had, from there, that? Uh, like conversion from the first year, or well, I mean, con- well, yes. And, like, did you see conversion from the first year and from the second year? Did you see conversion in terms of people who come see you today? Like, oh, who follow you today that uh, were at that conference? Yeah, I mean, I've made a few friends with them, Facebook friends. Right, right, uh, right, right. Because they saw us. Right. Um, but, I mean, it was just your random, like, cosplayer uh, throughout the whole Hard Rock Cafe. Like, Squall from Final Fantasy Seven is just <laughs> like... Yeah, this is awesome. That's pretty yeah. great. Oh no, that's great. It's Pika, like Pikachu is in the corner, like fucking slamming shooters and stuff. You I, can, I would if I was in that position, I would pretend that it would the characters were like the real characters. I'd be like, dude, I'm not saying I didn't. <laughs> it's like, like ask them a question and put it in your press kit that just says like best band I've seen this year, Spider Man. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Earth 3 Spider-Man. I don't know. Is that a thing? Uh, I, I, yeah. Uh, the, you might want to listen to Cosplay Suit uh, <laughs> if you want to hear our take on that whole scene. Uh, what is Cosplay Suit? That's just that's one song off our last album, Snacktacular. <laughs> <laughs> Snacktacular. Pick it up today. Okay. So so you guys do the Rock Comic Con. Did, like, did you see anything come up in terms of uh, – of, like people did it add to the balonium following at all um do you know yeah i mean just uh i would say so maybe i don't know i've never you know seen a lot of these people at any of the other shows right it, a lot they don't those, come to those shows yeah in those, those shows seem like i don't know what other kind of music they're into they were right probably there is happenstance because it's right. comic-con so. right if you're lucky they're into the same kind of music too oh yeah, yeah. no i'd like some people followed me after that for sure that's cool so. um so you mentioned weird al recently you guys did uh you did the uh, what is it called it's called al uh, oh it's the fest of al oh, the fest of al yeah we did it last year and the gregory brothers were there that year so what is what is the the fest of al uh it's a local denver weird al f- like festival does it like does it draw people? yeah like uh last year there were people who flew in from like nebraska <laughs> and wisconsin and that's Just a- fucking awesome yeah <laughs> And like they they just like cater to this whole group uh 
for like a mini weekend with they like flew out illustrators from like Chicago and people who kind of deal with Weird Al stuff like Weird Al podcast and all this stuff uh, and then like musical acts and I didn't they, realize his following was that to have like a sub conference about yeah him? oh totally yeah. it's like it's like Devo I mean a related I, I've, note he's he's not gonna do my Corona. Oh yeah, he I saw that. He announced on Twitter. That he did he's, announce he's that. Going to do my career. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's. You know. <laughs> but the only reason you could do like a come on Eileen, but it's like COVID nineteen. Oh, I swear. <laughs> <laughs> that's a. That's a goddamn good idea. COVID nineteen. Oh, I swear this disease. If Weird Al here, if that happens, you can use this in court as evidence that Weird Al got like that was the inception of the COVID nineteen. I'm sure someone so, else has come up with that. Well, it, it well, and I kind of figured the main reason. He wouldn't do my Corona is because he already did my Bologna and, yeah, and no, he doesn't do retreading. Well, yeah, yeah, he doesn't do repeats, man. He's just because it's the topical thing at the moment. He's a consummate wow. professional. Yeah, you know he has standards. Yeah. So um, uh, at the at the festival, yeah, it's happening again this year. Are uh, you playing it again this y- year? Yeah, we got asked to play it again. So tell me what it was like for you doing the first one. Like, what were some of the highlights for you? Some of the things you were most proud of. Um. From the first year? Or? Yeah, from the first year. Oh, um, just, uh, we had just started playing Dare to be Stupid, <laughs> which is like our cover that we do for Weird Al, and we've worked that into like our main set now. That's such a good song. People love it. Uh, we played- And that's the- an original too. That's not a parody. Dare, Dare to be, be stupid. stupid. Yeah. Oh, that's it's an it's a Weird Al original. Yeah, it's a Weird Al original. Yes. Yeah. yes. Like it's one of like it it was the only one where he wanted to emulate the band instead of parodying. Right. Well, he still parodied them, but made his own thing. Yeah. His own music. He has around. he has a handful. Like a lot of people just think a lot of people just think he's a parody artist, but you know. He has a handful of uh, of originals, and actually, Nature Trail to Hell. Nature Trail to Hell is a great one. Um, that's, that's one of my favorite originals. I'll be yes. mellow when I'm dead. Oh yes. Yeah. Uh, Logan and I were listening to that this weekend. We were driving oh, yeah. back from our show in Colorado Springs, and uh, that song came on, and he was like, "This is my favorite Weird Al song." Yeah, that's I a- really like "Since You've Been Gone" too. That's an original. Which one since you've been you been gone? Well, I feel like I've been chewing on tinfoil. Yeah, since yeah. you've been gone. Yeah, yeah. What album is that from? Uh, Bad Hair Day. Bad, you know what? I, I, I don't know a ton off of Bad Hair Day. That was the one where... That's pretty, when pretty, I was growing up is when that one was like... You know, is, is that got like pretty fly for a rabbi on it or um, no? No, that's poodle hat. Yeah, yeah. Or was uh, that was that poodle hat? Bad hair day has Amish paradise. Yes, on. that's, that's what it one. is. Yeah, yeah. Right. So that was like I started listening to, and for lack of a better word, I'll just say I started listening to all the other music mm. about you know kind of before that happened. You know, for for me it was. Uh, Whatever the album was that Dare to Be Stupid was on, uh, oh yeah, off oh. the deep end. Um, oh god, that was the like the Nirvana one. Yeah, yeah, that yeah. was the Nirvana one, and then like the stuff before that. So like, like uh, uh, Jeopardy. Yeah, like Jeopardy. like uh, Lost on Jeopardy Lost on and Jeopardy, Christmas yeah. at Ground Zero. Oh yeah, and uh, I'll be mellow when I'm dead is a great mm-hmm. one. 
uh, you know, My Bologna, all that shit, like like Weird Al. Yeah, his, his discography is just humongous. It's, he's I got love a Rocky deep, Road. I love Rocky Road. Oh, yeah. He's got a deep bench, and he's oh, yeah. kept going. I actually had the authorized Al. I had a copy of the authorized Al when I was a kid that um, – that was the uh, like it was supposed to be like his stupid little like bio book and they tried to lay it out like they would lay out a legitimate artist's bio book like a little like fan book and it had all these pictures of him with women and all the pic and all the women are covering their faces in every single picture like and he's like giving the thumbs up and just like hey right on and then he's with some woman who's going oh god don't let anyone see me with Al I thought that was such a good he's joke he's too weird he's too weird he's too weird to be attractive ah! so but he totally is yeah totally, totally. is Totally is. And uh, did you ever see the behind the music on Weird Al? The VH1 yeah. behind the music? Oh, yeah. I was, yeah. I grew up with some VH1 in my life. Yeah. They, they talked about that a little bit. Like they were like, because I'm sure whoever was doing the interview was just like, so are there any Al groupies? Like why is Al married? Da, 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 da. And like every answer was just like, I don't know. Al's just one of those kind of guys that's just not really a priority for him. And da da da. And they kind of skirt around the issue. But like, I got the impression that he was just kind of an asexual dude. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah if so, that's nothing wrong. Nothing with wrong that. with that's that. Great. Yeah, you made uh, man. If I could like not focus on that myself, uh, man, I would have gotten so much shit done. Oh, in my life. life gets so much simpler when you're not thinking about it, right? <laughs> Like, I mean, I still think about it all the time, constantly, uh, but it's like when you get a little bit older and it just slows down. So it's not like, you know, it's not like when you're 16 or 17 and it's all your brain can concentrate on. Like, I don't know about you, but when I had a, when I had a kid, it definitely like grew my ass up real quick. And, oh yeah. Yeah. And, I know how to know how that is. Yeah. And, and it alters your priorities such that oftentimes you're too tired for that to be the only thought in your head. Oh yeah. 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 I, I'm a proud father of an 11 year old boy. Yeah. Lives, 11 years old. He's 11 now. So you're getting ready to go into the shit. Yeah. And he lives in Sacramento. Oh, he lives in Sacramento. Yeah. Yeah. Been tough. It's yeah, been tough. I'll bet. But he's he's doing really great. He's doing a lot better over there. Eleven years old in Sacramento. There's a lot yeah. of trouble you can get into in Sacramento. Oh, I know. Oh, I know. <laughs> Is that where you grew up? No, I no, grew, no, I grew up in Louisiana. Oh, that's right. You told me that. Who dat? You you grew up in Louisiana. What part of Louisiana did you grow up? Uh, Sinlaw. That's central Louisiana. Uh, it's a town called Alexandria. Okay. Pineville, Tioga. Okay, so you're from the swamp. Yeah, like, there's uh, yeah. I was definitely like literally born on a bayou. Really? Yeah, my childhood homes were like right on the bayou. No way. In, in front of us. Did you live in a houseboat? Uh, no, no. <laughs> we, we did have a, a house, but a lot, a lot of water moccasins too. A lot of water moccasins. A lot of a uh, lot of reptile life in general. A lot of uh, reptiles yeah. and amphibians. I just went back and visited my mom, and there's a little baby alligator on a log. <laughs> <laughs> we're like we had this friend um who uh played in a hardcore band in uh, baton rouge and we went over to his house and like this is baton rouge this is a you know this is a fairly major city oh yeah and we're like just walking around the neighborhood 
and we happened upon a drainage ditch, you know, just like any neighborhood, just a drainage ditch where, you know, the water washes out. And like down there, there's like turtles and and snakes and all sorts of life running around. And we're like, ooh, ah. Lots of cranes. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, totally. And then our friend looks over to another friend of ours that we had just recently met and didn't know us very well and 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 looked at them and it was like yeah they're they're not from louisiana they don't they don't see this every day oh, yeah. oh okay yeah. so that's exciting to them right? yeah I'll, I'll go back in may and it looks like like the way my mom has it now it looks like i'm in fucking jurassic park <laughs> i love new bar you know fucking yeah it's, i love it down there yeah not that I just I, I I love Denver far too much to move away now though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been here for ten years. It's a th- there's a reason that we're experiencing the growing pains that we are. You know, oh, there, there's like I understand the um, I understand the resentment, and I had I had Reed from Speed Wolf on here and and overdose and. And we were talking about that, and he he gave me a little more of an in depth of idea of like the people who've been displaced as a result, and oh, yeah. and all the 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 dark sides of kind of uh, Gentrif- economic gentrification. gentrification. Well, oh, not yeah. not just gentrification. Yeah, multiple. Yeah, and and uh, municipal prosperity. One could say. Oh yeah. You know, with a lot of people growing, there, there is a light side to it too. It's not all darkness, but there's been a lot of people displaced as a result. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, his mom was displaced as a result of, of all the people who move here. But there is a reason that so many people are moving here. And it's not just the weed and it's not just the tech boom. It is, it is a magical, beautiful place to live. Yeah. And there's a I'm, lot of cool I'm, stuff here. I feel so fortunate every yeah. day. When did you get here? Uh, 2010. 2010. Okay. So you've been here 10 years now. Yep. Just, just hit it. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. How have those ten years been for you? Pretty great. Yeah, I watched this city grow. Yeah, too. Like it's with myself, you know. Here, and I just feel I feel really fortunate. I get to know amazing people. You know? Right, right. That's that's my favorite thing about Denver is the people. So, how long have you been in Balonium for? Then have you uh, been in it the whole time? Yeah, uh, yeah. So, man, we got insanely sidetracked there. Yeah, no, that's yeah. that's my fault. No, right no, no, there. no, no. Listen, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna take a load off your mind right now. If you're worried about going uh, going off track in any way, and, oh, and, no, and feeling just as long as you're okay and, with and it, feeling I can the do need that. to come back to any sort of point. You know, don't yeah. worry about it. This is this is a place it's where a regular occurrence. It's a oh yeah, no worries. It's a regular. It is a brand like, occurrence. So I'm I'm sure it gets. <laughs> it's far on more, brand. It's our brand. It's yeah. on brand. I'm sure it gets far more hot boxed in here sometimes. It's, so you know what? We do not smoke as much weed on this show as one might think. In fact, the Nug Nation, the people involved with the Nug Nation, almost none of them smoke weed. Like, like there's, there is virtually, and by virtually, I mean, it's like in the lower one to two percentile of days here at the office where people are actually smoking weed. There is virtually no one. Oh yeah. Um, and then when we do the show here, most of the guests that I have on the show are kind of anxious about 
smoking pot and then having a conversation or smoking you know they oh yeah yeah no. they, I, I think i can handle it yeah pretty yeah well i had to learn to hang no yeah, one yeah, no yeah. one's as high as i am <laughs> <laughs> ever is that true you almost never smoke all weed. the time man. constantly I'm so, dude. I'm so high all the time i'm just like baked constantly uh tony lee had to help me build up my tolerance so that I could sit here and talk with people and, and smoke pot with them. But you're doing a fantastic job. Oh, thank you. Yeah. But it almost, it, it literally like I've had very, the only one where I probably smoked the whole time and smoked the most was when we had Blaine Cartwright from Nashville pussy in here. He and I smoked a fair bit of pot. That was fun. That nice. was kind of like he wanted to start getting high the second I got him in the car. I was too high to attend that night. <laughs> I was too busy using drugs that night to attend. <laughs> Everybody I, knows Gordo for his I'm drug just, use. I'm just using drugs. I'm just, that's just uh, what I'm doing this hey, evening. Hey, what are you doing? What are you going to do? Using drugs and chill. What are you doing on <laughs> Thursday? Oh, probably just going to use drugs. Not, and nothing else. Not sexual. <laughs> I'm just going to be asexual and use drugs. Use <laughs> using drugs and chill. Use use drugs and chill. It's hardly sexual usually. I mean, it depends on the drug, I suppose. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, okay, so <clears throat> so so um, you've been in, involved in Balonium from the about, get-go. Yeah, about three and a half years now. Uh, they, I would say, it was about four and a half years total for them. Because they made the first album by themselves. Okay. Uh, just Richard and Tim. Uh, oh, they and, recorded everything on it. Yep. They used mostly drum machines and synth. Yeah, or? and some some electronic drums and stuff too. That's and really it, cool. And it sounds fantastic. That's uh, really cool. A, the way they did it. Um, but then they made twelve music videos with the help of some friends. Uh, I wasn't involved at that time. Um, they made twelve music videos. Twelve music videos for In the first album. Um, I don't know how long that took them to make. Um, based on how Snacktacular went, we recorded the album in about six months, uh, but it eventually took two years because of all the videos. So, like, Tim, that was okay. how I was first introduced to Balonium was, was, videos? was videos. Yeah, Josh Finley like showed me all the videos. He's like, dude, oh, really? you got to check out the videos. Oh, man, you know? that means a lot coming from and, Josh Finley. And uh, I was like, Josh Finley. Holy shit. And then I saw like, yeah. And then, then I saw like all the videos and, and you know, they've been getting lots of lots of views, you know, and I was super impressed. So this is, this is my question about that then, because I've been curious because we're, I mean, we're doing a multimedia project. Yeah. And we've hit, we've hit a lot of stalls. We've hit a lot of setbacks and it has been a very slow process for us, mostly because we're doing animation, yeah. you know, and and illustration and there's it, it takes a long time to do those things and you know we're working we're not recording at home yeah you know we're demoing stuff at home but when we go to do an album we like to go up to evergroove and we like to we like to put the money into you know this big production thing so it it, it does take us longer but i have always set my sights on being able to produce regular content. Like I have this dream for this podcast to be a weekly thing and, you know, yeah. the motion comic to be a monthly thing and, you know, an album every year and da 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 and all these different things. Like that's kind of what I'm aiming for. But what I've been curious about is how that has worked out for someone who has gone the other direction and just produced, 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 um, what I consider to be 
very high quality stuff. Oh, totally. You know, you know, they they really create yeah some fantastic stuff. They, it's it's amazing at well, what how like on a consistent produce. basis. Like, what has been the return on that? That is my question. Like, how is it performed in like realistically? Are people um, engaging with it? Are people getting into it? Is yeah, it? Uh, the, it's it's weird how YouTube algorithm algorithms work, right? Um, like our self titled song "Snacktacular" got like a shit ton of views. Um, I mean, I can't. I don't really know the amount. Off but the top but of my head. a shit but ton com- is a- compared to the rest. Like a lot of the other ones, except for a couple more. Like the views are like thirty two. Like somehow people, I don't know. The people who saw that just couldn't get to the right the other videos somehow. I don't know. It's, right. Um, well, it might also be YouTube's weird. Yeah, it, YouTube is weird, and you never know what's going to pop with people. Yeah, like the episodes of this show that I thought would perform the best aren't always the ones that perform the best. Sometimes they are. Yeah. And we had Dave Sanchez from Havoc on here and that that was one of our top performing episodes. You know, I kind of figured that. Mm-hmm. They have quite a reach and they they engage with their fans a lot. Yeah. But then I've had like really surprising ones like, you know, probably the top viewed episode of this podcast we've done of all time was Matt Flaherty from Texas Toast Guitars. He's the bass player for Hawk Attack. See, but that's the, they oh. have a lot of they have a lot of YouTube. Right. He has like audience. 14, 14,000 yeah, subscribers oh, on yeah. YouTube. Huge audience and, on YouTube. Yeah. yeah. Right. And yeah. and but that surprised me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or like um Aaron Say from Seventh Circle Music Collective. Oh yeah. Like his episode performed really well. It's hard to really tell mm-hmm. who's what piece of content you're going to create is going to just like hit that water slide, you know, and just go rocketing, uh, you know, down through the fucking internet and reach people. Like yeah. you, you, you never, you, you, you can never really tell. And I'd like, that's like, that's why there is a whole business of consultants whose whole job is to help people figure that stuff out. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's so, a lot of work, but I I don't know, man. Well, I'm sure, though, the, the percentage, like the top 2%, the top 98th percentile of your following um, is pretty engaged because mm-hmm. you put out so much stuff. Oh yeah. Have yeah. you have you seen it? Have you seen that content convert into people at your shows? Have you seen it convert into merch sales? Have you seen? Oh it yeah, no. I sales? mean, there's been a steady increase in, um, you know, what we put out to, you know, every show we play is a little bit more better. You you oh, I don't know what did I say is a bit a little bit more is better. A, a little bit uh, a bit more a bit a, a bit little better. bit more better a oh, little bit more man. better that's better my southern draw coming out it, there it's a little bit more better more better reminds me of dryer fire uh, yeah <laughs> oh yeah so well but um, you must be doing something right because yeah. because you've gotten all these these opportunities handed your way. Totally. That are totally. that are not just great opportunities. They are perfect opportunities for you. Mm-hmm. Like 
you guys seem to have gotten hyper focused on who are the people that are gonna are gonna enjoy Balonium the most. Oh you yeah, know? totally. Cosplay, yeah. comic book people, mm-hmm. Weird Al fans. Oh yeah, you know, like people who are into kitschy and, weird stuff. Uh, the honky tonk crew loves us now. Who's the honky tonk crew? Yeah, oh, over at the high dive. Yeah. Uh, the honky tonk hodgepodge Kurt that you Wallach. guys did. Yeah, they. they I forgot you guys. We played were that. the only like super weird band that played that thing because it was mostly like garage and garage and, and like country, uh, and like country and the honky tonk and. Uh, tell me about some that. Really good I wanna rock. Know, I want to know more about that because I saw pictures from it and it looked really fun. It was tell amazing. Me, tell me about that event. What was oh, that all about? So we, uh, yeah, we just uh, Kurt had seen us at the parlay the previous year, right? Um, and was like, wow, y'all really have something going here. And then, like, he started asking us about the hodgepodge and would we want to play it? And that's basically it. Right. right. There. He, he just really likes us. Um, and they really responded to you down there. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. The, we've never had quite the crowd like that was just like jumping up in the air. It looked like crazy. they were having fun. You saw that little. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I saw the little video. Oh, yeah. It was like even Bud. Bronson and the Good Timers, they uh, they fucking love this. He took like video. That's really stuff. cool. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, Brian Beer. Uh, I'm the, not... the the main guy. The main guy Is from Bud Bronson, name? Brian Beer. Yeah. Oh man, I've got I've got him booked on the show coming up here soon. Oh nice. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Hell of a nice guy. Yeah. Just really, really. I know Forrest, uh, the drummer. Oh, Forrest Bartosh. Yeah, that's yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he was in uh, Pinhead Circus, I believe. Oh, yeah, man. I, I believe. Crazy. I could be wrong about that. Gordo, can you look that up and confirm that? I want to make sure I'm quoting right that Forrest Bartosh was in Pinhead Circus. I think. Yeah. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie Clark's playing for them now too. Oh. Um, uh, uh, playing bass for Bud Bronson. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's pretty cool, man. Nice. So I like those guys a lot. So They're good. So tell me, <clears throat> tell me about what your experience was down there. Tell me about what what specifically the event was because I don't know that much about it. So it's a uh, this this bar in the middle of nowhere uh, around Cimarron. Okay, I've been to Cimarron. But they they yeah. call it Cold Beer. And it's just in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and uh, so the hodgepodge is like a three-day event. People camp there. It's like a big music festival and toad feeding contest. <laughs> is the other part? You know, did Kurt put that together? Did he put the hodgepodge I think, together? Yeah, I think they've been doing that for. Uh, we played the fifth annual hodgepodge. No way! Yeah, I didn't know it'd been going on that long. Yeah, yeah. So, so what is, what is the draw? I mean, I mean, just uh, I mean, because I a lot of it. I mean, there's a, a lot draw of great for a lot of people around in that area of the right. state too. Like you know, it's a lot of locals go to it. Really? Yeah, it just it it's a big boost to the economy because there's so many people down like come down from Denver to spend really? money at this place and well. So what is beer and, besides the bands? You know. It's it's hard enough to get people off their couch to go to the local bar down the street. Oh yeah, what is what is so appealing about Camp- going out to Cimarron and camping out and watching a bunch bunch Camp- of bands? I mean, camping out in the middle of a desert type the camp the, the camping side of yeah, it. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, I, I, I mean, Cimarron's beautiful. I highly enjoyed it. Yeah, you know, um, 
how how many how many people are you talking about camping out there? Uh, let's see. I think I want to say it was upwards in like at least the. 300 to 400 range like, like is it is it all crazy like burning man like a mini burning man kinda, type of thing yeah, like kind of but it, it's all out? surrounded by this uh this little bar in the middle of nowhere um, it's uh, so it all it all surrounds this little tiny bar and people yeah, just like go in to watch the, they have, play the bar they have like a a giant stage well it's not giant but like it's like an outdoor stage where the it's the main stage and then whenever a band stops the next band inside the bar is ready to play, and then so it just bounces goes back and like forth all day, the whole day. Wow, it's pretty great. Like there are tons of great music there, dude. I want to go to the. I want to go to the next you one. You should. You should. So it's it's so it's like what one is like we've. Not all festivals are created equal. No, no you know what not. I mean. Yeah, totally. Like I've played Skatopia, but then I've also played like the Bongathon. And they are wildly different festivals. You know, one of them, people are, you know, I had people shooting fireballs at my propane tank. And, like, we're, like, we're, like, launching mortars through slingshots and, like, oh green jellos playing and, and wow. shat. And, and there's people skating all over the place. And, and people are blowing up cars. Like, it is insane, right? And then you go to the Bongathon, and it's just, like, a bunch of hippies out in the middle of South Park, Colorado. And oh. there's a little stage. And, and everybody's just getting really high and in the middle of nowhere. You know what I mean? It's super mellow like kind of boring honestly <laughs> so so when i'm asking yeah, i mean compared to the yeah the so like one. so when i'm asking about these details i'm like really wanting to get a picture of like what it is about this festival that just is so cool and exciting for people to go down there and like what what made it so amazing for you um, like, 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 what are what are the parties like? Like, is it just is it raging out of control, just twenty four hours a day? Or? Uh, I wouldn't. I don't. You know, is it pretty uh, mellow? What's the vibe we, like? Uh, my partner and fiance, Mar Williams, we brought out uh, their kid, Ada. Oh, so you brought so Ada? We brought the. We yeah, we brought a six year old. Okay, yeah. so it's it's not it's, crazy enough that you mellow. wouldn't want to. It's mellow. People do like stay up and like. You know, trip out yeah, or yeah. drink, and but it's mainly just about the music. I would say for me. Did you take any psychedelics while you were down there? No, I didn't. No, no, no. I do like to, but uh, <laughs> you know, I think I think I might be done with psychedelics for a while. Really? I think oh. I I love them. You know, they're one of the things that I allow myself to do. But like, I took a I took a half tab of acid up at the studio. And it was some of the best acid I've ever had. And I ended up at the end of the session just leaving all the rest of the stuff behind as like a tip. I probably shouldn't be saying this on the internet, but whatever. I let, just left the rest behind. I mean, I threw it in the trash far away from the studio that because I took it the night uh, that we loaded in and I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I'll get the, the, I'll prime the pump and get ready to do this these recording sessions and it'll be great and it was and it was fun to jam for a little bit with the cool lights and the cool sound effects yeah. and and but we really didn't jam for that long the first night because Tony had just flown in and was exhausted and been up since three thirty in the morning and we had shows the next day and things to do and and so everybody else started kind of winding down 
and I'm just high on acid trying to sit and have conversations with people when I can't even form coherent thoughts. And keep in mind, I had a half a tab. Wow. Half, like I had these green pyramids, man. I had half a tab. And I took that like one little half a thing. And all it did was keep me up all night. I'm like watching the Shawshank Redemption with Tony. I watched the whole Shawshank Redemption. I was up till four o'clock in the morning. And by, oh. the, by the way, the Shawshank Redemption is like our band movie. Oh, yeah. Like anytime it's when we used to all live together, like anytime it's on. It's in the Stephen King-iverse. It, it is in the Stephen oh. King-iverse. And it is quite possibly the best movie ever made. Yeah. It's pretty great. I was waiting to see like Pennywise at some point like, pop up. <laughs> just pop up. Just like a little or cameo. like a balloon going by. But like halfway through it, not even halfway through it, two hours into it, I was just like, mostly I'd like to go to sleep. Mostly turn, I'd- Turn it off now, please. Yeah, mostly I'd, ra- I'd rather just turn it off and get a good night's sleep. Like, yeah. I think I've gotten to the age where I would much rather yeah, have a full night's sleep. Yeah. <laughs> a good trip. Like, if I do it now, like, I, I, I do like to plan it out. Right. To where, you know, I'm going to bed at, like, maybe two. I think That's people fine. need to trip during the day more. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, I did that not too long ago. You tripped during the day? Yeah. My wife and I were making food, which was, that, that was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and, were uh, you camping? Was it when you went hiking and stuff? No, it was just, you know, hanging out in our kitchen. And, <laughs> what did you and, take? Uh, uh, mushrooms. You took mushrooms? That's my favorite. Mushrooms uh, are of great. That, of that genre. Yeah. yeah. Of and, that uh, genre. <laughs> and, uh, that subgenre of drug. I was just, I was concerned for a while. I was like, yeah. Drugs and chill. I really don't think I took drugs, enough to do anything. Hashtag drugs and chill. I just yeah. thought I, I like, yeah, I just didn't take enough to do anything. And then I was, and then I was stirring, <laughs> I was stirring some potatoes in this, some whipped potatoes. And I, I fucking almost lost my shit. <laughs> I was, la- I was, I was about to just like fall on the floor laughing. <laughs> so just they worked. from, you know, just from these potatoes. Cause they were just so entertaining. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I I think, okay, maybe I should say I'm probably done with acid for a little while unless, like, I kind of broke my rule, which is I really only do hallucinogens as an integrative shamanic practice. Mm-hmm. And although priming the pump was a a fair excuse and it did serve that purpose to a degree mm-hmm. you know it probably cracked some things loose and oh yeah r- like, relaxed me like to the, the point. day after too is yeah like so eye-opening but it also made me very groggy the next day mm-hmm. and we had work to do oh yeah you know what i mean but like you know when i went i took uh i take mushrooms when i go see ween play but i don't take mushrooms when i go see any band play you know what I mean? That's a specific environment as oh, yeah. far as I'm concerned. And oh, I don't do it every time. Oh, my God. I made, I made that mistake last year at uh, UMS. Wait. Oh, you took my... Dude, a lot oh, of people man. take hallucinogens Holy at UMS, and that's a shit. foolish idea. Woo! It's, dude, Broadway is not the right environment <laughs> oh, for hallucinogens. No, it wasn't. Yeah, that, that sounds a little scary to me, There's actually. somebody watching this right now that is that is disagreeing with me. Oh. But, I, dude, I worked at King's, and you don't want to mix drunks and tripping people. Tell me about your experience tripping oh. at UMS. What well, was that like? Uh, I was I was waiting to see. Uh, I got a I get a wristband pretty easily for that thing, and uh, I was waiting to see Gardens and Via. I don't. I've never heard them. They're a really great band from L.A. Um, Gardens and Via. Gardens and Via. 
Okay. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, I I saw this guy who I only ever fucking see at UMS every every time every year. It's like oh. How do how are I, how am I seeing you again here? You know, hey, <laughs> right, that's the you. only time you run into. How do each we other? only do this once a year? Right, right. And he just gives me fucking little capsules full of the mushrooms, and I took. Uh, I that's took, like I, your thing. That's your only interaction. Is it's like, hey, the oh, mushroom no. man. Oh yeah, no, no, that wasn't it. Oh like, okay, that was the only time he ever did it. Like, oh, he just happened to have some extras, and I was like, sure. And so I took some and. uh I thought it would have been like uh, happening sooner than it did. Right, the way I took them. Uh, so my ba- the band already played, <laughs> and then I'm I'm like, that was amazing. Then, what the fuck is about to happen? Then to you're me? just walking around seeing every other kind of band. Oh play. my god! Uh, no, I, I would say after my band played, it really started kicking in bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Um, I walk over to Broadway in front of Three Kings. It's I just can't handle anything, so I go hide in the remixed shop that was open for a while. And uh then I just it starts to feel like I can't like fucking even be around people. Uh <laughs> it was just really bad. So then I decided to uh I had to go to mutiny and Jim talked me down quite a bit and I'm like, Oh, thank you, thank you, Jim. But then I just decided to go on the bus right. to Union Station and catch the FF1 to Westminster and walk from Westminster to my house. <laughs> and it was the most insane fucking journey oh, yeah. of my life. Oh, yeah. those the, Just the ride oh, home ends up being the like I couldn't the talk to the journey. bus driver. <laughs> I'm just like... Oh. <laughs> so you didn't even hang out and watch any bands. It's you, time to just hang on. You had, you, I couldn't do you met you must I had to leave, man. I could see myself. No, doing I, the same I understand, thing. man. I totally get it. Dude. I, it just F- festival it just, environments it and, and me psychedelics out. don't always mix. No, it wasn't good. I could see myself doing that. I did Bonnaroo in '08 on many things and. I was fine, but this... Sometimes it's, you know, you have to be removed from your home base. That's, yeah. That's what I find. Yeah. No, it, that, it, it's a clash it, of... No. I, it felt wrong. Yeah. Like, it's probably a clash of identities a little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because... You're like breaking your ego down in this place that... You your know, ego thrives. Your ego, yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, absolutely. You know, your ego, your ego is king in the scene. It was like water and vinegar. Your ego is, your ego is... Or what is it? Oil and <laughs> Wait, oil and vinegar. I'm sorry. <laughs> oil and water. Honey and vinegar. Honey. I don't know. Which it's one? like brown sugar and ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> it's like barbecue sauce and lye. I don't know. It's yeah, like so. it's like sand and smaller grains of sand. <laughs> but no, I, no, no, no. I, but like when you're like yeah like if you're at a concert like a big concert or like a big festival you're there with a bunch of other people who are generally speaking on the same wavelength Mm. you're all facing the same band or like handful you know the same lineup all day long you're in a giant sweaty crowd of intoxicated people you're not walking around at a multi-venue concert in an urban area which still has regular people walking around in it 
and where you inhabit where regular you inhabit people. regularly. Regular I wish people. I would have fucking thought of that before I did it. I just thought of it now. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's a reason that like I trip at ween shows and few other places. Yeah, that totally makes sense to me now. It's because and and like I the just, night the night that I went with Ty and Jake Fairley, like I didn't take mushrooms that night. You know what I mean? Like that, to me, it was like, no, I want to, because these guys aren't going to be tripping, and I want to enjoy the show with them. Yeah. You know, I don't want to, it's not the same thing as like if I went and I took them and I was more hanging out either by myself or with another person who's also on that drug. Yeah. You know, and even then you have to talk yourself down a little bit. Yep. You know, it's like you have to remind yourself like, I'm on a drug it will stabilize at some point and I'll feel really, 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 really great. Like I get anxiety when I first smoke weed, you know, you, you lit up that joint and we started smoking that joint. And there's, I think the best way I ever heard it described. Did you ever see that movie sausage party? No, with Seth, with Seth no, Rogen. I didn't see that it is so good. It is so good. I saw it in the drive-in with my wife and our cat. Oh, at the 88? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. I, saw, I, saw, I saw it with my wife and wait, our cat. Wait, yeah, you took your cat to the drive-in? Yeah, we took our cat to the drive-in. <laughs> it, was, it was back when I still had the van. It's a Gordo saying that again to Dude. make me un, like realize what you said. <laughs> oh, I just had to make sure I caught that. No, no, like, so, is, is it so really? we, have, we have two Sphinx cats. Oh. And Sphinx cats are different than regular cats. Yeah, yeah. They have a ton of personality, and they're really social, and they're really... They're they're kind of like a mix between a cat and a dog. Yeah, that's uh that's like a cat we have, a Lycoy. That's yeah. right. You guys have a werewolf cat. Yeah, it's a werewolf cat. We uh we talked about getting one. Sarah was like before we had the baby, obviously. Sarah he is was a like handful. Oh yeah. I know. I know, man, cuz they're a lot like He's like still feral almost. Yeah. yeah. They that that's kind of what sphinxes are are like a little bit, but mm. you know, Sarah's like should we get a third cat, get a werewolf cat, and da 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 And, and I, then I saw pictures of it, and I was like, look, babe, Mar and Bonnie have a Lycoid cat. I'm going to say Mar has a Lycoid Yeah. <laughs> I just take care of it a lot <laughs> and give it scratches and pets. But, but yeah, so I went uh, – so our cat, Mala – likes going in the car she likes going places that's awesome she likes hanging out with us she gets kind of bad separation anxiety so this is back when i still had my van so we would drive to the uh so we drove to the um the drive-in and i hadn't had the van very long at that point but we whipped it around and we opened up the back and we had sleeping bags and we had all our snacks and stuff like that and uh me and Sarah and Monkey, we sat and we watched, um, God, whatever the one is with the storks, the animated movie with the storks where they're dropping off the babies everywhere. It's like a, it's a Pixar movie. I don't know. I missed Stork party. I missed it. Stork party. Yeah. I missed it because the whole time I was trying to figure out how to turn off the dome light from the dash console, like <laughs> have the doors open and turn off the light. And the whole thing is stressing Sarah out and stressing the cat out and stressing me out. And then finally I got it figured out and got it turned off just in time to watch sausage party. So there's a line in sausage party where this dude starts tripping on bath salts and it's so good and uh the guy's like ah and this hot dog is talking to him 
and the hot dog is like uh, is talking to the guy who's on bath salts and the guy on bath salts is like I'm freaking out man and then the hot dog's like you're not freaking out man you're just dropping in it's cool and like I heard that and I was like that is the most accurate description oh yeah of taking any kind of drug there is it's like you've got that period of maybe a half an hour to an hour on psychedelics where you feel like you feel the fear of like holding on to your ego and then you like break through it and oh, you're yeah. like everything's amazing so yeah. i can relax now yeah so i can <laughs> i think i think with weed the drop in period is more like for a seasoned professional it's probably like a minute for me it's probably like 15 minutes yeah before it like completely stabilizes and then i'm like oh i'm not i'm mm. not freaking out yeah yeah so uh so what was freaking you out so bad about walking around tripping at UMS? I don't, I don't know, man. I uh, I just, uh, I think I took far too much, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I took like a huge amount and uh, it just re- it just jolted me. Just like, the people or the noise? Like you were overstimulated? Just everything and the cars and the car, like, I feel like every, every car is a cop car <laughs> looking at me, you know? <laughs> And seri- I saw several actual cop cars too, you know. But I did have like like a moment of was it respite? Is that right? Respite, 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 respite whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, where I'm like waiting for the bus, which is going to be awful. But like the fucking clouds at the sunset was just happening, and I'm listening to uh, not. Polygon Wanaland by the King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard. Oh, I love King Gizzard. Yeah, and it was just like that. I needed that moment. Like, I, I was like spiraling into the sky. Like, right. It was amazing. Right. Um, That's the. Th- I mean, you want to escape. At least I had that during right. the trip. Everything. It was worth everything else being really. Awesome. Well, that's and, good. and, and it's, you've got to it's escape good when you have that moment. That's like you know. Okay. I have a little breakthrough here. It's this not, is why I did it. Yeah, it's not going to suck completely. I yeah. took mushroom chocolates at a um, a warehouse punk rock show once, and that was terrible. That was like that is the least fun I've ever had at a show because let's see, it was at the old Garage Land, and I was probably twenty, twenty one at the time, so still pretty young, and they had some rowdy ass punk rock shows there and you know most of the people who hung out there were like punk rockers who were just like drink 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 oh, oh, yeah. slamming into each other and beating each other up so I show up to this fucking thing and I'm tripping and then the word gets out that I'm tripping and all my friends who are fucking bullies start like <laughs> start like picking on me and like pushing me into the pit while I'm like high on mushrooms and like just you know fucking with me so I dear god I pulled the ripcord oh my god and I got out of there and I went home this is a true story this is a really funny true story I totally forgot um I went home and while I'm tripping I come in and at this time it was me and my buddy Connor just lived with a bunch of girls. And so there was like Connor and his girlfriend at the time, they had like the whole upper loft of this house and they had their own bathroom. And then I lived in the basement. I had a room built in the basement. And then the other two girls, they lived up on the main floor and we all shared a bathroom, which means that 
I am sharing a bathroom. 21-year-old party animal, maniac, alcoholic, moron, Aaron, live with these two dancer girls that, and I, and when I say dancer, I mean dancer. I mean, this is like, I lived with the Oracle Dance Troupe, who is like the the aerial troupe that does stuff with the vodka and stuff oh, like that. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So wow. I lived with these girls. I went to high school with these girls. Crazy. You know? and, uh, and so we shared a bathroom. And so I'm a dude. Um, I jerk off in the bathroom. So I would like reach out and like grab a bottle of lotion off a shelf, pull it into the shower with me. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. And then figured if I just put it back on the shelf, everything would be fine. But I'm also, at this time, a drunk and a space cadet. So oftentimes, I would space out and leave the lotion in the shower. And the girl who it belonged to was getting really tired of it. So on this particular occasion, I came home from getting pushed around, tripping at a punk show to my house where all my roommates are drunk and there is a note on my door from one of my roommates who is upset with me for jerking off with their expensive lotion <laughs> and is just like, it's just so disrespectful. That's just such expensive lotion. I found it in the shower again. I'm super mad. And my other roommate is laughing and she's like, oh, Aaron, you pervert. And like, and I am high as high as high can fucking be at this point in time. And then I went down to my room and watched the fucking Animatrix on on mushrooms, and that like that was one of the things that was oh yeah that made it worth it. You know I've, what I mean? I've done that too. The Animatrix is pretty much the and greatest animated film ever made. Vampire Hunter D Bloodlust was amazing as well. Is that good on mushrooms? Oh my god! <laughs> I've never I'm like seen Dracula's it. like transforming. It's just like oh, <laughs> oh wait. I have seen that. It's like the newer, the newish one, that one two thousand. Yeah, you said you said when Dracula's transforming. Yeah, yeah. I think I remember it's got that. Just the craziest animation going on. Like, so, are you a big anime fan? Oh yeah. Do you like Cla- do you, classic? Do you like Legend of the Overfiend? Oh, I think I have maybe seen it. Was there another name for it? I mean, there's a Japanese name for it. Like, uh, I, know, I know Demon City Shinjuku. And, I, I can't uh, remember what it's called, but it's like, it's the one with the dude with the giant steel cock. And then, oh, oh, and then Irotsu the, Kadoji. Irotsu Kadoji knew it right away. I Boom. okay, that's that's a great one. So I have to thank Mar Williams for uh, introducing you to anime. Introducing me to Irotsu Irotsu Kadoji. What, so th- that's another question. Because you two are both into weird, dark, kitschy, like oddball stuff, what are your, like when you are sitting on the couch watching TV together, what are you watching? Mm. When you Netflix and chill, not do drugs and chill. We don't really do it as often as we might look. I don't know. We you're both go, pretty busy working. Yeah, on things. weeks could go by and be like, "Hey, you want to watch a movie tonight?" Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Never happens. So, what do you do in the evening together then? Um, we I mean we cook we cook dinner together and have nice dinners and stuff. But we're 
usually helping each other out on some stuff. project. Yeah. That's really, really cool. Speaking of, uh, Mar Williams was supposed to be here today, but um, couldn't make it in. Um, you know, mama duties and stuff. And right, right, right. I was going to see if we could maybe uh, relay a message. Yeah, on yeah, beh- yeah. On behalf of Mar. Yeah, relay a message for Mar. Just for a sec. Um, yeah, yeah. Just wanted to let people know um, about the sculpture project. That we did. Uh, I don't know if you saw. The I've pictures seen of the that. pictures of that. Yeah, yeah, I've seen the pictures too. They're badass. Oh my god, it's like a nine foot tall. Like, tell me foam. about that. Tell uh, me about. Tell me about what's behind this. Like, why you started doing it. Like, like, uh, well, tell me the whole thing because I just started seeing the the figures getting. Yeah. So Mar, um, uh, it's once a year the uh, Ethereum conference happens in downtown Denver at the Sports Castle. Okay. And they pretty much take over the entire sports castle and, uh, you know, transform it into this, uh, I wouldn't say many, it's pretty big uh, convention for Ethereum. It's a cryptocurrency. Right. It's like Bitcoin's baby brother. Right. Um, And uh, they've worked with Mar ever since the first one started. Right. The artwork. And and Mar's been doing a lot of, like, kind of like hacker and tech conferences and things like yeah, that, like with Josh, right? Much, yeah. Yeah. They were the pretty much go to CypherCon. CypherCon. That's what it and, was. Uh, yeah. It's been the DEF CON artist for the last 10 years. That's so crazy. That's um, so cool. So, so Ethereum, so Ethereum is um, a cryptocurrency. Yeah, It's a cryptocurrency and it's like a, it's like a hacking app building kind of convention with like a chill room, which is where we kind of, uh, focused where Mar wanted to um, create these giant sculptures and uh, in the chill room. Yeah, in the chill room, there was a. So when we arrived, there were uh, eight foot tall, three by four foot in the cubes of cubes of solid foam, uh, six maybe six of them, I believe. And they how big were these they things? Were massive, uh, eight feet tall by. Four foot and three foot. So really, they would they would just fit in this in this room. Oh, it would. Yeah, it would eat up a lot it, of the if room if you laid it on its side. But yeah, you could all the stuff we that Mar and uh, we all helped out on uh, would definitely fill this entire room. Wow. So we just did. That's where Daughter of Horror played uh, my project. Right. The, the first gig was at a Vertigo Art Space for this last first Friday. Right. And uh, Mar was showing the giant cat, uh, the giant pink styrofoam. Yeah, the giant pink styrofoam cat. So when you say in the chill room, like what else is in the chill room? Like is it just like a DJ booth? That's they would hold like some other like talks and stuff in there. How big is it? Uh man. So is it like a big warehouse space? Like, yeah, it's fucking huge. They okay. had like tons of cars and stuff. It used, you know, the Sports Castle used to be like a car dealership. Okay. So they have these ramps that are running up the entire building. Oh wow. Big enough to fit a car through it. Oh wow. So it's just big open spaces for okay. six I think it's six floors. You know, it gets smaller as you go up, but Right. Yeah, it's pretty massive. So um, so so in the chill room, 
There are there are DJs playing. DJs. There's like couches to sit on or what? Uh, there's there's like fifty giant bean bags, <laughs> and then just a forest room. of these characters that you guys. Uh, built. Yeah, that uh, Mar designed and created, and and you helped carve and yeah, paint we helped or? like get it get things around because you can't move them by yourself, right? Uh, and uh, like cutting off uh, bigger portions so that. I, I mean, I spent countless hours sanding down that cat. Right. Um, just to I mean, get it, it looks smooth. amazing. Yeah. The, once Mars started getting the pain on there, it was. If somebody wants to look that up, where can they life. go? Just in case anybody's watching it. Um, Eventually, so, we'll get to the point where we can put pictures up on the screen while we're doing the podcast. Yeah. But we're not quite there oh, yet. Oh yeah, no, that's all right. So, yeah. uh, so Mar Williams uh, Instagram is at Spuxo, at S P U X O. Cool. Spuxo. At or, Spuxo. Or I hate dot art. I hate dot art is Mar's website. Yep. <laughs> That's very Mar. And uh, for people interested in, interested in supporting Mar's art on the regular, they have a Patreon up at patreon.com slash Spux, S-P-U-X. I actually back... Mar on Patreon. Oh, you're a patron. I'm a patron. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, that's another thing. We, you know, I help like package all this stuff. We're doing it monthly. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So yeah, I'm a, when we're, whenever we're like deciding what movie to watch, we would rather do that hurry up stuff. and get the Patreon stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really cool. And uh, just one more thing for, for $15 a month, Mar will mail you physical objects to your house like stickers, prints, or cat bubbles. So <laughs> that's great. Yeah, that's I back. A, that's I back. That's a deal. A, I'm a, it's a steal. I'm a cabal patron and a, and a Mar patron. Oh, yeah. yeah. I know Mar, Mar really appreciates it. Yeah, of course. No, I, I, really believe in, I really believe in the platform. Oh, yeah. You know, we're really. You, we're sending some cool stuff out this month. We take, and I and I'm sorry to everyone who's heard me mention this a hundred times, but we uh, we take ten percent of our um, of our patronage, and we donate it to other artists. Oh, that's just, amazing! Well, just because we want to set an example of just yeah. being like being like we believe in the platform. You yeah, know, I'm not totally. just I'm not just going to go and back my friends. It's like if you create content or yeah. you create stuff that I really Man. like, I can't always make it to shows. Yeah. Yeah, oh yeah. No, you know totally. what I mean? But same, what I same here. What I can do is I can back people financially. Mm-hmm. You know, so I try to throw in on a Kickstarter when I can. I try to throw in on a Pledge Music or Indiegogo when I can. I I allocate funds from our patrons our our Patreon to other creators just as like tithing. Yeah, to the oh, Church yeah. of Rock, man, you know. Yeah, totally. So I I put that out there and then uh and then yeah and you know we try and do the podcast and bring people on here and um and support people that way you know and i i i think it's great and i love i love what mar does are you on patreon i i was just thinking about that you like, should uh, you should get a daughter of horror patreon i would yeah, definitely back you on it yeah because what i really how i kind of first started focusing on that was uh making um, I was always a big fan of Mystery Science Theater 3000. <laughs> right. It's my favorite shit ever. <laughs> I love that I show. I love it. Um, and uh, I like really old, bad movies. Right. Uh, there's just a look about them that is fascinating to yeah. me. Yeah. And uh, Same. Then just uh, pumping that through some VFX stuff that I do and 
making transitions and what's the best place for people to find daughter of horror stuff that would be daughter of horror at youtube or on youtube or so youtube.com slash daughter of horror is that the url for it it. or daughter of horror denver i'm still uh yeah, we saw we saw another daughter of horror online. Have you run into problems with that before? No, because it's like a personal blog. Oh, so it's, it's not like uh, what I'm doing. Yeah, so people get there and automatically so, it's a different category it's altogether. It's a different thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. No one said anything about the name though, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it was the name of this really old uh, like '50s movie about uh, this woman and her the abuse her dad put her through and stuff. Right, right, and, right, right. Um, like, like her life flashes before her eyes of when she was a girl. And this is the, the other daughter of horror? Yeah, this is the movie. No, this is the actual movie. Oh, the actual movie. Okay. Yeah, I think it was like, it might have been like a Roger Corman movie. I'm not sure if you guys know that guy. Could you could you look it up, Gordo? We can get some more info on it. But I, I made a, I made like a song based on just so i watch these little videos that i kind of edit um and then i just put music to it and that's kind of how i that's kind of how i make the soundscape if you want to call it um that's a really cool idea so you just like you're just like going through and doing like a mock scoring of yeah i'm basically scoring something that are you doing it with the real audio from the film or are you just you're doing it just over in place of the audience. Yes. So the dementia is that is that the name of the film? I think that might be it. Yeah, because it, it was also called Daughter of Horror, maybe. Yes, that's what I'm finding here. Yeah, on the Wikipedia's. Is it a Roger Corman film? I might be John wrong, Parker. John. Uh, uh, John okay. Parker, of course. Yeah, you know John Parker, <laughs> don't you? Everybody knows John Parker. Yeah, everybody knows John Parker. <clears throat> Uh, <laughs> sorry. That's um, all right. So, uh, where were we? Where were we? Where were we? Dementia. Dementia. We're right, but before oh, yeah. that, I was wrong about Roger Corman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's very Roger Corman esque, <laughs> like the Beast of Yucca Flats. So, so you now you were inspired to do this through watching mystery science theater 3000 yeah so is it oh, yeah are you trying to do something that is like are that deliberately serves the whatever the narrative is in the story or are you trying to do something that subverts it um like are you yeah, trying to no, do I'm something not, deliberately like well with that first video it was just kind of you know basically the, just the story itself and i don't know i'm just trying to make a music that fits it mm-hmm. you know um I guess you can find that one on YouTube. It's called Calgon slash Daughter of Horror because it was before I actually made the, that the name of the band. What What was the Calgon from? Wasn't there like a Calgon thing Take on me away. on Mystery Science Theater? Yeah, yeah. It was during a space mutiny. <laughs> Calgon. <laughs> that was the guy's name. <laughs> His name was Calgon. <laughs> His name was Calgon. <laughs> and he was like the fucking twat, like, fucker who was, like, mutinying the ship. Right, right, he would, right. He would, t- he would laugh like, mm-hmm, you know? <laughs> I, I remember, I knew That's I remember that. That's a classic episode. <laughs> Dude, every one he of their episodes. inspired a whole, uh, you know, beauty line later on, Calgon. right? Calgon. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wasn't that in the 50s or so? 
Calgon, take me away. Calgon, take, take me oh, away. Take me away. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, that's where the name came from. Okay. Okay. It's just a mystery science theater cheap grab. Oh, I remember where we were. I remember where we were. I found our place. Sorry, that Gorilla Glue is really good. Oh, yeah. Um, so I remember our place. Uh, we were talking about the statues that you That's right. That you and Mar built together for this festival. Cause, uh, or conference, rather. Yeah. So what did the what did the chill room look like? Like how were how were the the statues arranged in the chill room? Uh, so like as soon as you walk in, you know, you just kind of see a. There's just a ton of uh, bean bags everywhere, like giant bean bags, and uh, right next to the staircase that you walk in, you're greeted by the nine foot tall cat. You know, it's just kind of like you're looking up at it. Like right when you walk in. It's, yeah. Yeah. And the way it's lit, it just, it looks so cool. Uh, but then right across from you, across the room, there's a, there's one of the sculptures that took uh, two of those giant foam blocks plus some for the wings. It was a, a kind of the mascot of the conference. Mm-hmm. Called the Mega Pega Buffacorn. <laughs> What's a Mega Pega Buffacorn? It's like a giant buffalo unicorn Pegasus. <laughs> it's incredible. That's yeah. awesome. And uh, yeah, we like made it have wings and a horn, and it's massive. By the way, whatever genetics lab is working on that, <clears throat> stop. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. We're talking to you, DARPA. <laughs> <laughs> so. <sighs> A while back, I contacted you and Mar, I think, separately about building stage props. Oh. Do you remember that vaguely? It was a, it was a, a while back because, like, Tony and I had this idea that we really wanted to build up the production side of our show. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, we, the, the original plan was we wanted to build some stuff for a record release show and then our record release date got pushed back so we haven't gotten back around to it. So like kind of surrounding the idea of the project itself? Of, well... Like props based on that stuff? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So Like like a van or something like... So, well, a variety of different things. Nice. Okay, so what what we had thought about is, you know like kind of borrowing from the old big arena rock bands and arena rap bands that would just like they had a set that would come with them and the set would do different things or you'd go see a live show at like Universal Studios or Disneyland or something like yeah. that you know what I'm talking yeah. about and there's Extras. like like did you ever see the Conan live show at Universal Studios. No, I never went to Universal. You never went to I Universal? I always wanted to. I kind of thought maybe you did because you lived like in Louisiana. Yeah, but. no, I I had only just gone to Florida the first time like last year. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, they would have like these, they would have these, you know, theaters that had a built-in show in it and like the they're playing out a little scene or whatever, but there's like different parts of the stage that do different things or like light up or explode yeah. or like a monster comes out or whatever, you know. And what Tony and I really wanted to do is start thinking of how we could build a show using props, using set pieces that we could put on stage at a place like the Oriental Theater. Yeah. Right? 
A lot of space. A lot of space. And it's kind of modular. You know, yeah. you can do anything there. And they've got a projection screen. It's just black curtains and a giant stage, you know, in that in that beautiful theater. So it's like a it's it's a perfect place to do something like that. Um and so what we wanted to do is we wanted to create this thing and then film it and put it out there in the world so that that then becomes the standard for what our live show is, mm -hmm. right? And so what we, and so then it would be something that we could take on the road of us on the road with us. So I had reached out to you two because I wanted to talk to you about building like statues, figures, whatever, but more like puppets mm. things that could move you know oh, things that like light I, up eyes or like moving mouths that's ringing some or bells like, now you know what I mean yeah. so I think I think I just I sent you messages about it and maybe when you send someone a message it just doesn't really yeah. convey totally what yeah. you're talking about so like I've been wanting to get down and I mean it just so happens that we're on a podcast now but I'm wanting to like sit down with you and like spitball ideas for something that would be really, really cool to do. Another, another reference example would be like, did you ever go to Showbiz Pizza? Oh yeah, you know Rock a Fire Explosion. Oh yeah, you know you've got all these like animatronic characters that mm. really use pretty basic mechanics. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's 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 really just a torso with a, with with maybe one or two mechanical functions in mm -hmm. it. Right? And so I was like trying to think of a way that you could do stuff like that and make it transportable. Yeah. Does that make I mean, sense? Styrofoam, I believe, would be the way to go. What is that? Just styrofoam? Oh, styrofoam. Yeah, I thought you said styro fire foam. Sorry, oh, I'm yeah, very no. hard. So I'm like, fire foam? Wow, what is that? Uh, so I got it right here. You just Yeah, there's the fire foam. So you just buy like, where do you get a giant cube of styrofoam? Uh, I get Mar just found this uh, distributor that delivered it to where it needed to be. You can just like order it to the spot. Yeah. So you did you order it to the space? You didn't order it to the space where the event was being held because you ended up transporting. Yeah, it, right? we did. You did. Mm -hmm. So you were able to go in there into the and space. Just, yeah, spend a whole week there. So you had a week to do it. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. That yeah. how many figures did you do? Uh, Mar did a DJ booth, which was made from two styrofoam, and then the buffacorn, which was like two and a quarter, and then the cat was one. Right. Well, I know. I mean, I know. I know. Mar there designed were, it, but you, but and and did most of the work, but you were there helping with it, right? Like you oh, were yeah. there. Yeah. You were there for the. How many people were on your crew? Uh, me, Logan, Jason. At least four or five. Four or five of you. Now, yeah. are you all working on the same thing at once, or are you all no, just like... Yeah. So what were you mainly responsible for? Uh, moving the stuff around and helping to get the, get some shape in there. Right. While Mars still, like, designing on something else. You know, we, we kind of just... Uh, we would have a task to do, and we would all do that on these different sculptures right. at any given time. Right. You know? And uh, I was the main custodial service because it it made an incredible amount of uh, 
I'm sure it was a major mess. It was insane. So, so I had you, like a fucking mountain of this stuff. Just dust. When you so dust when you say pieces, when you say styrofoam, are you talking like big white cooler styrofoam? Like yeah, but just solid. So not like not like foam core. Like no. Okay, like so this is like styrofoam. Oh, yeah. just okay. a solid brick. So what kind of? Man, I didn't even know you could order a solid brick of styrofoam. I didn't either. What kind of tools? Found it. How much did that cost? Do you know? I think they were like three twenty-five per block. Three twenty-five for a giant block of styrofoam. And we had like six of them. How much do they weigh? Like, are you like able to like toss them around? No, no, no. They're heavy. Not. They're heavy, but they're also light. Yeah, their size. Right. Um, I would say they're probably like a hundred pounds. Okay. Uh, or. Not even a hundred, like maybe more, maybe one fifty or something. What kind of tools are you using to work on this thing? Uh, like, like are you uh, just shaving uh, away electric hot knives and electric wire tools? Electric hot knives. Yeah, just something that sends current through a piece of wire, and then you're just what melting the styrofoam as you go. Are you wearing masks? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like it smelled like incredibly toxic, really bad meth. Yeah. <laughs> like As opposed really to that bad. really good meth. Yeah. I think you guys were doing that in the basement of Cabal one time, maybe. Oh, uh, yeah, Mar probably. Yeah. Was, yeah, because yeah, like, I was like, Cause they've used phone. Smell? Oh, yeah, they they That's did a... a... Yeah, why does it smell like like somebody is, is doing foilies in the basement? Yeah. <laughs> well, probably because someone was doing foilies in the basement, but <laughs> that would be a really... It would be really convenient to be a styrofoam sculpture artist and... Be addicted to uh, methamphetamines. And be, ad- and be addicted to methamphetamines. Because first of all, you'd get a ton of work done. Oh, yeah. You know, you'd get a ton done. Your output would be incredible. Secondly, and actually this is probably the primary benefit if you're a meth- methamphetamine addict, is when the cops come by, you can hide your meth and you can go, oh, no, officer, that smell is this sculpture I'm working on. Would you like to see it? And they go, no, weirdo. And it's they leave. It's a great cover. It's a Look, perfect cover. I can cover. show you how I cut it right now. Yeah. Oh, oh no. No. Oh, we're getting out of here. You just have a plug into your like cigarette lighter. Because I always wondered that. I was I, like wondered how you do it. Hot knives. Like you, you're literally melting the styrofoam. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. But well, it's like a piece of wire that you know creates a current. Right. Creates a circuit. Right. For it to run through. So it's not like a solid piece of hot knife. Like. If those were to touch together in any other way or you touch them together, you'd probably get fucking electrocuted. Really? They're, they're like, really dangerous to use. Wow. Yeah. I think you have to, like, Mar had to sign a bunch of stuff, like... Where do you get them from? you wouldn't kill yourself. Uh, You rented them? Or, no, they're, like, some industrial hot foam factory, like, kit. But really? But there's, like, just, like, electroshock death can occur, you know? I really... I really, 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 really want to talk to you too about helping me make some stuff. Oh, that would re- that I would mean, be in. I can't speak for Mar right now. But, that would uh, be incredible. Yeah, just I don't mean, let him touch the hot wire, man. No, mostly yeah, just because. Mostly because I would want to. I mean, I would love to see the final product, but I would love to help. I'm not very visually artistically inclined I hire other people to do that you know what I mean but something like that I would love to just like 
like sit and and watch or like help out and, and do the cleanup side of it. Do like oh, help yeah. with the painting oh, or something like God. that. Oh my God! I cleanup. saw those sculptures and I was just like the cleanup made blown me go away. Insane. I'm sure. I bagged up like 42, 22-gallon contractor bags full of full styrofoam. Of styrofoam. Did you like to pretend like you were really strong throwing them into the trash, though? Uh, no, I just like, like go out I to the dumpster and up. just go, ah, oh, yeah. ah, ah, and like kids are walking by and they're yeah. just going, wow. <laughs> wow. <Yeah. laughs> they just threw all that trash at the same time. Ah. It's art, man. <laughs> uh, I think I think it's a good time to take a break, Gordo. What do you think? I think that's a good idea. Yeah, let's take a quick break, and then uh, we'll come out, uh, come back, and we'll shout out the sponsors. And uh, I want to talk more about all the stuff that you're working on because it seems like you're working on a lot all the time. Uh, yeah, it's more than I'm used to. Yeah, a yeah. lot of the times. Yeah, just trying to go quicker. And Mars just constantly doing stuff. I'm sure you push each other. You know what I mean? I'm oh, sure. Oh yeah, no, I definitely, I need it sometimes. And Mar provides. I feel that. Yeah. But all Mar, Mar needs some, you know, guidance sometimes. You know, yeah, or so, at the very least, support, emotional support. Yeah, and that's the most important part. Yeah, you know, is the emotional support. We should talk about that a little bit too when we come back. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, so more emotional support when we come back. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy this screen that says something i'm gonna talk like dr phil (laughs) you just can't do it (laughs) i just don't understand how's that working for you we'll be right back My work is participating in the uh, St. Baldrick's Foundation. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I did see that post. Yeah. <laughs> and um, you are, Yeah, dude. What are you thinking? I did something stupid. I did something stupid, and I think I'm, I'm in trouble here. So I signed, I signed myself up to shave my head to raise money for St. Baldrick's, right? That part I don't mind. I'm already 10% of the way there. Don't care, right? I'm, I, I mean... I'm I'm thankful for what I've got, and Gordo has reminded me over and over again. You better be goddamn thankful for what you've got, buddy. (laughs) Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you got till it's gone? Take paradise, and then all your hair falls out. (laughs) But, but, uh, so, because I was busy with band stuff all week, I haven't been posting about the event, and my fundraiser had kind of stalled out. And so I planned before I knew I was going to be going into the studio and doing all that shit. I planned. I was like, week of, I'm going to do one last push and I'm going to offer the incentive that I'm about to tell you about. So that I posted today. So I took uh, a picture that somebody, uh, a really great photographer, grabbed from um, our show in Colorado Springs. And it pretty prominently shows off the hair helmet and and the beard, like, kind of all over the place, right? Yeah. And I announced that if I hit my goal, I'll not only shave my head, but I'll shave my beard. Now, that I don't even mind. That I don't even mind so much, right? It's like, it's beard, it'll grow back, 
as long as my kid's there for the event and sees it happen, uh-huh. I don't think he'll get too scared, right? Fine with that. It'll grow back. I'm cool with shaving my head, shaving my beard off. But then just on a whim, I was like, and since it's going to be my 38th birthday, if I exceed my goal and I raise $3,800, I'll shave my eyebrows off. Hey. And my And my wife is like, why did you do that? You're going to scare the baby. What is wrong with you? Why are you going to shave off your eyebrows? That's going to look. Decided to go. She's like just completely THS. Yeah, eleven thirty-eight. Exactly. Hills have eyes, man. So she's like, <laughs> so she's like, why would you do that? And my response is like, babe, there is no way I'm going to raise thirty-eight hundred dollars, and I stand by that. But the second I posted that, people have started sharing it. On <laughs> mass, and now you're talking about it on a live. And now I'm stream. talking about it on a live stream podcast oh, yeah. that at least four people watch. <laughs> you know, oh, yeah. so people out there, you <laughs> know what you to do. do. You know what to don't do. Don't go to you my know web. What to do. Don't go to my Facebook page. I am once again asking for your, for your support. support. No, because the <laughs> truth is, I don't want to shave off my eyebrows. I really don't, and I don't think I'll raise thirty eight hundred bucks. I really don't think I will. But if if I do, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to do it. I did it at church camp one year. When I was How long did it camp. take your eyebrows to grow back in? Uh, I mean, it was a couple months at least. <laughs> a couple months. I don't know. <laughs> I you can remember. always draw those back on. You oh, know? dude, do the pencil eyebrows? Do the pencil like do, chola eyebrows? You can do it. My mother-in-law did and do the tattoo. Oh yeah, I've seen I've seen ladies with the tattoo. Mar Mar has that too. Has the eyebrow tattoo? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. Mar does have the eyebrow mm-hmm. tattoo. I've seen that. You could do the Amanda Palmer as well. What's the Amanda Palmer? She just, like, she starts to paint her eyebrows on, but then it just, like, <laughs> just makes it all crazy. And Amanda Palmer's a trip, man. Yeah. Amanda Palmer actually is what, in a lot of ways, gave me permission to do crowdfunding. Oh, yeah. Because she was very outspoken about that, and she took a lot of shit for it because she was an early adopter of Kickstarter Mm -hmm. and used Kickstarter to make some albums. And people, this was during a time when crowdfunding was still pretty new. Yeah. And the people who have been all about it since the beginning Uh, You know, the creators and people who support creators are like, rah, rah, it's the most beautiful thing ever. Yeah. But there is a very loud naysaying voice of people who really, really detest people who who use crowdsourcing. Um, And especially when Amanda Palmer started doing it. And so people were like making memes and making, you know, jokes about her. Oh, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, she took some shit for it. It, She mentions it in her TED Talk. She did a TED Talk about it. Oh, and uh, seeing her TED Talk is actually what um, con- convinced me to do it, is she talks about the trust that it takes and the the vulnerability that it takes to allow people to participate in your art, to allow people the opportunity to back you up and not feel like you're begging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because there is a handful of people that really do want to jump on board and help you out. 
you know, and uh, she actually wrote a book on the subject called The Art of Asking that I happened to see on the table when we were up at Evergroove this weekend uh, because Evergroove, you know, is trying to build out their studio and build out their content and all the different things that they're doing. And so they are about to go into a phase of, of fundraising and are trying to get themselves mentally prepared for that. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and yeah, you mentioned Amanda Palmer and it just got me thinking about that. And like, you know, I hope one day we get to the point where people aren't so resistant to it and we can just have a patron economy. Yeah. You know, I think for people artists. like don't understand where like especially an artist of her stature and like, you know, the production value and everything that goes into doing what she does is like that that costs a lot of money. It you does. Know, that, oh, yeah. I mean like there's there's so much cost that goes into that stuff and and like, you know, there we're not in the era of labels. Yeah. You know, like that Even are gonna, at her that are gonna level. front you for that stuff anymore. Like Even not, at her level. Like she's too you know, creative of a spirit or has a kind of like a, a niche demographic, if you will, whatever. Right. That that's not gonna be appealing for a label to throw money at. They're just gonna right. be like, nah, you know, like I don't think so. I'm next. Like, you know, well, like let's do a Miley Cyrus thing. Yeah, like, the, you know, well whatever. the labels have the labels have taken such a beating that they are less I mean, they're business. You know, let's look at it from their perspective. They're a business. So they're Absolutely. less they're less likely, you know, giving them the benefit of the doubt. They are just they're looking at their profit profit and loss statements. You know what I mean? And from what they can see, I mean, we have a label and they are hamstringed in a lot of ways. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? They can only help us so much. Yeah, same with our label. Yeah, small losses. Oh, yeah. Small losses are bigger losses. Yeah. You know, totally. it's not a huge deal, but they have to take on a ton of artists and do a little bit for a huge number of artists just for it to function. I mean, it used to be being a record label was a reasonable way to form an empire and make a ton of money. It was a good get rich quick scheme. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in the days of payola oh, yeah. and all these well, things. Well, yeah, all the, the industry, all the moving parts of the industry just flowed to that nexus point. Right. And there was, it was a place where businessmen were attracted to. Absolutely. They're like, oh, we can make money off selling records to these kids, you know? Like yeah. That yeah. whole Frank Zappa thing about the, the cigar chomping business guys, right? Oh, yeah. That's just not what it is anymore. Mm -hmm. I mean, Capitol Records... Didn't they declare bankruptcy? Yeah, I'm not sure where they're at right now. But actually, they're like, but, they're yeah. shrinking. Oh, yeah. No, you know, they right. are not the monolith, like literally the monolithic, you know. Well, it just goes to show. I mean, just like it just makes a lot more sense to, you know, get support from the people that are already fans of what you're doing. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, that are going to be like, well, sure. Yeah. We'll throw you, you know, five or 10 bucks a month or whatever it is so that you can make videos or do, you know, albums or you can do touring or whatever it is, mm -hmm. is you're doing, like create whatever you want to create. And you don't have anybody looking over your shoulder telling you how to do that. Right. You know? Well, and, and you don't, you don't have anyone looking at balance sheets trying to you know like the other thing is if you don't have the money it takes a long fucking time to do everything anything it's like oh, yeah. like brad at evergroove extends us a great deal of credit 
but he's got a business to run and he has to prioritize just like uh, necessarily he has to prioritize paying work like he has to he has he has to keep the lights on it's the same thing with here at the nug nation we have to prioritize client work you know that's what keeps the lights on it's what pays the bills but if you have the resources to pay the various people that you need or or to drive the marketing machine that you need to get your stuff out there like if you have those resources uh you're able to produce stuff much more quickly which keeps your momentum going, which makes you create more stuff, which gets you better at creating more stuff. And and I mean, I have found that consistency has improved quality for us. I'm sure the same goes for you and and all your projects, oh, yeah. you know, Balonium and, and Daughter of Daughter of Horror. Um and if, if you're able to stay in the game long enough, you will succeed by a matter of degree. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So they are really investing in growing a career. They're really, they're really invested that like, and giving people the opportunity to participate in that. What I have found is that those, the people who participate, um, the, the, the way they benefit greatly is they get to feel like they were a part of that. Yeah. You know, they get to like feel like they have some ownership and something yeah, like that. Yeah, totally. And on that note, I'm going to start the shout outs with the brave, beautiful, generous souls who back us via a small recurrent contribution on patreon.com slash mfruckus. There's tons of great creators on the platform. Even if you don't go on there to back us, even if you are looking at this podcast right now or listening to this podcast and you're going, I hate this loud, abrasive, furry-faced, balding fucknut. Even if you're thinking that right now, that is no reason you shouldn't go to Patreon and back wow. a whole bunch of other artists. Oh, yeah. A whole bunch of other amazing people, creators who are on that platform. Or any um, patronage platform, for that matter. If somebody has uh, a subscription service on their website, you know, if someone is a like a like a public intellectual or an artist and you go to their website and they have a paywall on their website, pay the fucking subscription. Seriously. It makes not a difference, it makes the difference. difference. And the people who back us on Patreon have made a huge difference. And the the proof is in the pudding and we're doing some amazing stuff thanks to you guys. Patreon.com slash MF Ruckus. Check it out. Also, Mar Williams is Mar on Williams. there. And Bonnie Finley will soon be on Patreon soon, following soon. this podcast. Mar Williams, patreon.com slash S-P-U-X. That's right. Check it out. Uh, we're a patron. You should be too. Our most venerable Navy aerial sponsor, Matula Plumbing. Matula! Shit rolls downhill. Don't be at the bottom. Your number one, uh, number two is our number one priority. Your shit is our bread and butter. Angie's a super service award winner. Back in 2011, one one is the only one that matters. Oh, by the way, I talked to Jerry Matula the other day. We have permission to make the J Party Lord shirts. Ah. Uh. And we are going to produce those only for fans of the podcast. Oh, cool. Like what we'll probably do is print them 
And rather than make them available for sale, we will figure out some sort of way, like we'll put a quiz together. And if you can answer questions that only someone who listens to the podcast would know, maybe we'll send you a shirt. I don't know. We'll figure out some way, but we want to make a Matula, a J Party Lord Matula Plumbing shirt for the podcast. Billy Ocean. Billy o- Oh, dude. Billy Ocean jokes all day long. Who are the three most important Billy jo- Billies in the world? <laughs> Billy Ocean, Billy Ray Cyrus, and, and Billy, Billy Milano. Oh, oh, sorry. <laughs> Billy Joel. B- Billy Joel. The three Billies. Uh, no, so uh, not only that, uh, so stay tuned for the Matula Plumbing shirts coming soon. Also, when we were up at Evergroove this last week, uh, Tony mentioned Matula Plumbing and Ethan Cotel stopped what he was doing and just let out the Matula! Dude, we are going to be personally... did. Dude, we are his one podcast marketing team. Like, we are the best investment dollars he has ever spent. One day, we're going to have such a reach that he's going to have more just work than he can handle. wait till we get handle. the graphic going on for this whole conversation. Oh, the Matula Plumbing yeah. graphic? Yeah, the Matula... Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, if you need your uh, shit piped, <laughs> if you, you want to get your poo-poo pumped, <laughs> hit up our friend Jerry Matula, Matula Plumbing. Get your poo-poo pumped. Yeah, if you want to get your poo-poo pumped, hit up our buddy Jerry Matula in uh, Des Plaines, Illinois. Uh, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. Woo! Do you rehearse at Rocket Space? Oh, we use it all the time. Do you really? We do. All right. Well, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios is the official rehearsal space of motherfucking Ruckus, Balonium, and a shitload of other bands. Uh, cool staff, friendly staff, clean, uh, functional facilities, well-maintained equipment, um, and the best part is you ain't got to carry shit. They also have snacks. They also have snacks. Yeah. Oh, my God. And drumsticks if you forgot your drumsticks. Yes. And guitar strings. Lots of accessories. And Lots cables. Of they got point. what you need. Yes. Yeah. It's, they, they've, got, they've got everything that you need and uh, quite affordable as well. Yeah. That's actually something worth mentioning. Like they have accessories there. Like you can just stop in there if you're playing a show at Larimer Lounge. Like, oh shit, I need some strings or some sticks, man. Yeah, oh, like yeah. You stop in there. Like, okay, yep. this is what Rocket Space would be perfect for. Imagine the band that played at the Enchantment Under the Sea Dance and Back to the Future. Let's say they 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 find Marty McFly and they're they're in the back the trunk of the car and the guitar player has sliced his hand on the screwdriver or the switchblade whatever he had I can't remember what it was I think it was a screwdriver yeah right? it was either a screwdriver or a switchblade I can't that remember was. what it was but and he can't play right like let's say the enchantment under the sea dance was going on at Larimer Lounge or or the Meadowlark, or uh, whatever is the thing that used to be Cold Crush that isn't Cold Crush anymore, or or any of the other venues nearby. Let's say, just for the sake, Mission Ballroom, for example. Let's say you're playing the Mission Ballroom, right? And, and hey, you might be in town playing the Mission Ballroom, your guitar player slices your hand. You find Marty McFly in the trunk. Marty McFly can play the guitar, and instead of just like winging it on stage, you go, hey, it's only load in, okay? 
How about we go to this place down the street, Rocket Space Rehearsal Studios. We get an hour and we spend some time just like going over the basic chord changes. It's the 50s. It's doo-wop. It's, it's early rock and roll. It's really simple stuff. It's pretty much going to be the same chord changes the you whole time. You would even have enough time to take Marvin Berry to the emergency room. You yeah. would even have enough time to take Marvin Berry to the emergency room. And he'd get stitches and he can hang out and enjoy the show. Oh, yeah. Oh, wait. He priorities. Got to, yeah. Know? Didn't he have his arm in a sling, too? Do you have his arm in a yeah, sling? Yeah, he kind of slung like, it up there. I don't know what that was about. They were just showing, like, see, I injured myself. <laughs> yeah, you have to have some kind of rapping because it's the movies. <laughs> They'd be like, you know that sound you were looking for? Yeah, we recorded it at rehearsal. I saved it for you. We came up with this way ahead of time. You're going to be really excited about it. I will email over the files. Check out this Marvin Berry jam I recorded on my phone on using GarageBand. <laughs> Hey, man, look at Marvin's hand. He can't play with his hand like that. Marvin Berry is it's sharing called, a project. It's called Your Kids Are Gonna Love It. <laughs> <laughs> it's called Your Kids Are Gonna Love It. Your kids are gonna love it. Click, 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 click. Boom, boom, cock, boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Your kids are gonna love it. Your kids are gonna love it. Your kids, your kids, your kids, your kids. Hey, man, look at Marvin's hand. Your kids are gonna love it. Rocket Space, your kids are gonna love it. Uh, TheNugNation.com. This podcast and so many other things come out of the Nug Nation studios at an undisclosed location here in the Rhino District of Denver, Colorado. Uh, you got the tour from the boss. I did. Nobody has ever gotten a tour from the boss. It's amazing. That yeah. is an Seriously. exclusive, serious situation. That right is there. the that is the you first time. You know you're a big deal when you get the tour from it's the a, boss. It's exclusive. Mikey has never. Mikey has never given the tour to one of to one of my guests. I feel so honored. Did you see the whole thing? Yeah. You saw the whole studio? Everything. What did you think? It's amazing. I'm sure I tell people the best that I can, but seriously, my tour pitch sucks, I'm sure, compared to Mikey's. Like Mikey's got the whole thing in his head. You know what I mean? Like this is this is all this is all Mikey and and the original founders and like like Dylan Fole, who was it, it, uh, involved early on, like both those guys. This is their whole thing. You know what I mean? It's 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 really amazing. Yeah, it's really amazing and impressive. Yeah. I feel I'm feel very honored. Uh, are you gonna come work for us? Yeah, I don't. Can I talk about that? I don't know. Like I don't the, know how the conversation go. Pretty good. We good. Yeah, he's gonna call me next week. Cool. <sighs> I'm I'm going to go do something this week that I've never done in my entire life, but I can't really talk about it right now. Oh, right. We talked about that before. Yeah. This yeah. is the this is the podcast to go on to talk about things you can't talk about. <laughs> yeah, you just have to do it like this. If you do it like this, welcome to the secret cast. That's cuz that's what happens. Everybody loses their voice like I can't really talk can't about really this right now, but uh there's something that I'm something going on. not supposed to it's talk okay, about. It's okay. We right can now. take it out and post. Oh, well in that case, <laughs> this shit's going on. How many times have we had to take something out and post? Not very often. Uh, not very often, no. Sometimes I take stuff out and post just for redundancy. Yeah, I mean, we're um, we're very we're very mindful and respectful of that. You know, someone comes on here and they say something that they didn't want the world to know about. You know, we can excise it. There was that time that uh, Gordo came on the podcast and told everybody he wasn't really bald and like. Pulled the thing back and everything. He's like, it's it's part of my... Blew my cover. Now we're doing it live and you totally blew my cover. <laughs> yeah, and we can't I, go back. Now we can't go backwards. You just like pull off the hat and you got Tony Lee hair underneath it. <laughs> that, would be, <laughs> that would be incredible. That'd be like, that'd be like me at 25. 
Is that what you looked like at 25? Oh, yeah. I had hair, oh. like, down to my tits. Oh, I hope Tony goes bald. <laughs> you hope Tony goes bald? <laughs> he's just... He better not be watching He's right just now. so cocky and just so goddamn handsome and talented. I'm just like, something. Give me something. Give me something. <laughs> Give me something that's going wrong for you, man. <laughs> anyway, thenugnation.com. Check it out. Your kids will love it. Your kids will love it. Kids are gonna love us. Uh, Mutiny Information Cafe at Two South Broadway Woo! in the heart of Denver, Colorado. Mutiny is everything: books, records, comic books, pinball, live events, podcasts, music. Uh, they're actually getting ready to run an ad that we have a song in, and I got to see the I got to see the cut for the new Mutiny ad. Bitch. Oh, nice. Yeah, it's really cool, man. I was honored. Jim hit me up, and I was like, yay, we're still relevant. Nice. Um, yeah, we used an old studio version of um, the Balls of Steel that we had never really relate, released except for on our website. So that was really cool. Uh, oh, cereal bar. They've got a cereal bar now. Plus, no one has a larger selection of Torini syrups. No, no one. one. No one. Seriously. There's like a million combinations of Tarini syrups. Go ahead and get yourself. Is it Tarini or Tarani? Tarani's. Dude, like the heir to the Tarani fortune is sitting at home watching this podcast, stirring an Italian soda, just like pounding his fist on Tarani the table. Tarani syrup Rex. Yeah. <laughs> Tyrannosaurus Rex. That's a delicious Tarani syrup Rex. Tarani syrup Rex. Dude, Tarani syrup fucking Rex, dude. It's a whole advertising campaign I just Durani, came up with in my mind. Durrani Syrup Rex. In my bald mind, I just came up with that right now. Dude, there is someone from Tarani's ad department right now watching that going, hey, thanks for the gold mine, dickheads. <laughs> hey, thanks, assholes. Hey, thanks for the idea, dickheads. <laughs> Campaign's going to roll out before we right. Yeah. You should learn to trademark your shit, assholes. Dude, there's going to be an ad launching before this podcast is over. I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, shit. Um, Flipside Music on South Acoma Street. Everything you want, none of the shit you don't. They took the big box stores. They distilled it down to only the best. They have only rad shit. They broke it down in its purest form. Yeah, man. It is like, let's say Guitar Center is cocaine. Okay. Flipside music is free bass crack cocaine. It is like you get in there and your heart just starts beating and your lips turn blue and you just fly way up into the stratosphere. Uh, I took just, Tony. Lips are smacking your gums are just going. Mm. You're just like mm. the jaws just like out of control. Worst cotton mouth you've ever had. Oh man, you get in there, you just feel invincible. You just want to like punch through the door when you show up pretty much and they're like what the fuck dude I'm, like, I'm sorry you're <laughs> I'm crack. sorry I'm so jacked on your crack I'm sorry I'm so jacked on your selection of guitars and effects pedals <laughs> yeah. speaking of effects pedals they have the largest selection in the region and uh, my favorite part they do repairs and uh, my most most favorite part is the jam room where they'll set you up on any of their guitars and any of their amps and any of their pedals. I played with some of their acoustics. Do they have they have a few resonator guitars in the acoustic room right now that are just like fucking beautiful? Did they, you sample a tasty jam? 
I well, I just kind of strummed on it a little bit because I didn't have time to really get into it and show everybody, you know, who rips on the resonator slide guitar. They had like a triple resonator guitar, like it has like the big cone in it. You know what I mean? But it's like a triple cone resonator. Triolian. Yeah, triolian. Is that what isn't it's that called? What, isn't that what they call them? Is like the national triolian? I thought you were making up a word. Well, I mean, I know it's hard to tell. I have a very dry sense of humor, <laughs> but triolian, I think, is the appropriate term. I don't know. I don't know. You, you, Randy would know. I don't know he, if you sound nerdier when you're pretending to know what you talk about or when you actually <laughs> know what you're talking about. I'm not I sure. I don't know, because I sound like a fucking nerd most of the time. <laughs> like, all the time. Flipside music. Check it out. Tell them the boys sent you. Uh, oh, Evergroove Studio. Yes. Evergrooving. Dude, we just finished a week at Evergroove. Listen, we've had a few discussions on this show about is it better to home record? Is it better to do lower quality stuff? Is it better to go into the studio and spend the money? And after spending the last week at Evergroove, it reminded me once again that yes, it is worth it to spend the money and go to an amazing studio with amazing stuff in an amazing spot with amazing people. Really the question is, do you want to home record or do you want to homey record? That's true. That's true. And we homie recorded. Um, we spent most of the weekend up at Evergroove. We stayed the night there a couple of times. I mentioned taking the acid and watching the Shawshank Redemption at the beginning of the show, if you're just joining it's us. an epic journey. Yeah. Well, it, that's the thing. It wasn't an epic journey. And that's why it was so disappointing. It wasn't an epic journey. Is it's the best acid I've ever taken. And I spent most of it on the couch watching the Shawshank Redemption, wishing I wasn't on acid. But the part leading up to that was pretty great. Anyway, um, we got 17 tracks laid down over there. We had a blast doing it. It feels like home. Um, our brains were just in the right place for it. The lights are vibey as fuck. If you watched any of the live stream from up there, you'll see that. Uh, the reason the stream kind of looked shitty is because we refused to use any good lights and only use the super vibey trippy lights that they have programmed to change colors constantly and it was super fun uh great amps great equipment oh quick shout out to Lodo drum guy who hooked us up with the drum kit for do you uh do you do stuff with Lodo drum guy yeah that's my my kit i bought from him really yeah it's yeah. a ludwig accent it's been treating me well we had a masters Sweet. of maple it's nice. like it, it was this is a really, really cool drum kit. Like, Lodo Drum Guy has got some awesome, oh, yeah. awesome stuff. Uh, he gave me a really good deal. Yeah. And that was the first one I brought to the parlay with me. Oh, I, was the one I that bought you got... it that day. I'll the bet you were stoked day about of the that. Parlay, yeah. How's it sound? It was great. Yeah. It was great. I've got the acoustic set for Bolonium, and then uh, it kind of transforms into an electronic kit. Throughout oh, it. it's like a cyborg. I have a hybrid. Hybrid, yeah, like an actual. You hybrid. have a cyborg kit. Yeah, it's great. That's fucking right. Nice. You got all that through Lodo Drum Guy. Uh, no, uh, not your electronics. No, nah, ten. So those are the ones that uh, the first album was actually made on. Oh, yeah. Tim gave them to me because I drum. That's pretty sweet. Yeah. I think I've seen some of the videos of you working on stuff in the lab. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, but live I'll come in and bring the. Uh, I'll just have like a it's a cymbal stand where the uh, drum modules is based on 
Right. And I have two pads coming off of that that rest in front of my snare. So it just gives me this extra, you know, sound live. I need to come so, to a Bolonium show. Uh, I need to come to one. This Sunday at the uh, High Dive in Denver, we're playing. By the way, you asked us to play that show. And oh, my, yeah. my greatest regret about it is that the greatest regret about not being able to do it is not being on that fucking awesome the poster. poster. Yeah. Who did that poster? I did. You did that poster? Yeah. Sure did. That's awesome. Thanks. I saw that and I was like, man, I wish we were playing that show. Yeah. I want to be a character in that, that poster. Have you seen the poster? No, no, I haven't. So Bonnie did an illustration of all the bands as like cartoon characters and so like the so bo- Bolognian's kind of like their 1978 style or 79 style of Devo right how they're kind of like they look like a almost roller derby style right right uh, right but I put us in red instead of black and it says Bolognian instead of Devo right and then uh, damn Celine I made her uh, into like a goth sailor moon <laughs> yeah it's so good and then uh, Gore versus Goom Logan Raynard and Byron uh, oh god I forget his name I'm so sorry Byron um, they're like they're, Doc and they're Doc like and Doc Martin. and some other mad scientist oh like, right 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 that's yeah. awesome so I used I used real pictures of their faces and he's like that's really Logan just uh about to drive the DeLorean, which is in front of them on the poster as well. I'm like, I saw that poster and I was like, man, that's a really cool poster. <laughs> I wish we were playing that show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Uh, so we wish you were too. <laughs> Evergroove Studio, evergroove.com. Check them out. Uh, so who supplied oh, the guitars for your, for your, uh, oh, our <laughs> only guitar. Was provided by Gordophonic Records, courtesy of Gordo. Shout out to you, Gordo. Yeah, Woo! man. Thanks for the guitar loan, man. Oh, no problem. That thing sounded so good. Tony is a good sounding guitar when he plays it. Not me, not so much. Tony try. We try to keep Tony's flight as cheap as possible. So he stopped flying out here with his guitar because even though you can cite an FAA regulation to get your guitar on the plane, it's a fucking hassle. Oh yeah, like. Anytime you want to fly with a guitar, break it. Yeah, and and like I said, there is an FAA regulation, and any of you mus- musicians out there listening need to look this up if you're planning on traveling with an instrument. There is an FAA regulation. I'm not sure what number it is, but it I'm says five thirty three. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Yeah, it's it's a real regulation that you, uh, if you are carrying a orchestral instrument, essentially, and that includes a guitar. If you're carrying an instrument, they uh, are supposed to let you keep it in an overhead compartment or um, like a little stash closet that they have for traveling military and their uniforms. It's true. Uh, wow. I yeah. didn't know that. No, that's an FFA, uh, an FAA regulation that you can cite if they give you any guff because they will try and get you to check your instrument. Like they, Which you should never do. Which you should never, <laughs> ever do. Oh, my God. that That's Great. We've gone to, yeah. yeah. I've, I've had really good luck with Southwest. I mean, Southwest is kind of my jam if I'm flying, but they're really cool about it. We cool. we have had mixed experiences. Some people are just like, okay, right this way. But we've had to get into it with people before, including uh, Iceland Air. Parker got out into it with a 
with oh. a oh. uh, a gate attendant um, leaving uh, Germany to Iceland to the States. Oh. Like it was a very uncomfortable situation. Like I always tried to play diplomat and then Parker was bad cop. You know, if all else failed, he would lose his temper on someone and it would usually work. That's the shitty thing. Yeah. Is it's like they would go through me, they would go through Logan and Tony. Like I was the super diplomatic one, and then Tony, and then Logan is like everybody's buddy, like friendly but very serious. And then Tony is like, he's a little pushier, but still very respectful and kind. If it still doesn't work, the you know, the bad cop would come in the and the wild card. Yeah, yeah. And and it it worked when it happened. But it's like, we didn't have to get to that point. No. You could have done it when the diplomat was talking to you. Yeah. You know, but anyone who's traveling with that stuff. Anyway, so uh, Tony doesn't really travel with his guitar much. Um, And so he's trying to get himself set up with like a, a Denver rig, like a Denver setup that he could play. And the last couple times he's come out, he's borrowed Gordo's beautiful Les Paul custom, right? Mm, yes, it's a black wow. beauty. It's a black wow. beauty with chrome hardware. Yeah, it is. And I'm selling it to anybody out there. How much? Uh, well, that, that'll be disclosed. Oh yeah, no, okay, <laughs> okay. Just like I can't say the other thing too. Great. Yeah. Hey, I have something I can. Talk I can't about, say anything. Can't, What's your address? I can't really talk about. What's that. your address? Oh yeah, it's. I can't really talk about that. <laughs> <laughs> we just start doxing each other on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that would be hilarious. Just, start like, just oh, flash yeah? it up on the screen. Aaron, I saw you the other day. It was right by your house at, you know, like, just like totally. <laughs> at, at beep. <laughs> <laughs> what fucking sponsor were we on? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Holy sorry. shit. No, let's that, see. This, we did this, this, See, this is what happened. We did Flipside. We did the patrons. We did Mutiny. You, we did Rocket Space. Mm-hmm. We did Matula. Mm-hmm. How many spawn? <laughs> I think we got them all. You think you got them all, yeah. Yeah, I think we got them all. No, seriously, they'll go to Evergroove. I just tacked mine onto the end. That was it. Yeah, yeah. No, that was good. Thank you so much for the loaner, man. Yeah. It was really, I, really... I, I am proud to contribute to the cause. It you is... guys did just a... You, you guys did like a, a rock-a-thon. Like yeah. th- Thursday to Sunday. We did. We did. We did a lot, man. It was... Um, I guess I can talk about that a little bit. Yeah, it was... Um, it was a good long weekend. We um, we went up and we spent every day at Evergroove. Like we loaded in Wednesday night and got mics placed and got drum tones dialed in, and then had a very short rehearsal just to run a couple of things. Um, it's just me, Ty, and, and Tony. And then you know, like I said, Tony was exhausted, so and tied to go get his wife from the airport. So we called it there and started the next day at ten. And then we pretty much worked Thursday, Friday, Saturday, uh, from ten a.m. to whenever we had to leave to make load in at the shows. And then we played shows every night. And then uh, I I drove back to Evergreen pretty much every night. We stayed in Castle Rock at Ties one night, but it was pretty much. Show to studio, show to studio, sleeping for like five, four or five hours and, and getting right back at it. And uh, then on Sunday we played at, a, so we did we did Thursday night in Fort Collins at Surfside uh, with Hail Satan and Hooked on Southern Speed. We did um, Friday with the Nobodies and the Born Readies at the Triple Nickel. 
We did Saturday uh, at Goose Town, and I actually had a second gig that night. I did a Boingo gig that night. Oh, I already missed it. Yeah, yeah. No. We did. Uh, do you know what? Do you know what? Per- I know. I haven't seen that band yet either, yeah. and I really, you, really, really am itching. I was to at see a you town the first time too. The, the do you guys know what Purim is? Who Purim? Purim. Purim is a uh, is a Jewish holiday. Oh, it's like Jewish Mardi Gras. Oh, and our trombone player. Uh, is is a Jewish American named Dave Flomberg. Oh, uh, yeah. He used to write for, I think he wrote for the Denver Post. Dave, you might be watching, so feel free to comment. And Hi, Dave. He has been listening to and watching the show lately. So uh, Dave Flomberg, hell of a trombone player and good friend of mine. Uh, he's the guy who put together the, the Boingo Project. He actually yeah. had two gigs that night, too, because he plays with the Tivoli Brass Band. So the Tivoli Brass Band and Reptiles and Samurai both played this Purim Festival oh, nice. that he and his sister put together. It was a blast, man. That's I mean, it awesome. Was, it was weird playing Boingo songs for I didn't realize a bunch of kids. And, and, oh, dude, it was a blast. Yeah, it was a blast. It was a ton of fun, and it was a cool room, and the crowd was really nice. And then I jetted down the street over to Goose Town and had the best the best local show that we've ever played. That's awesome. The best local show we've ever played. It's a good spot for your best local show. I'll tell you what. It was, and I say that, and 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 I can think of, you know, something like maybe the, the 10th anniversary at Three Kings where the whole thing was sold out and it was crazy. Maybe the UMS or like Westward show, Music Showcase would fall in into that category, but those are festivals or or like in the case of the Three Kings 10th anniversary, we weren't the draw. You know what I mean? Like we did a fourth year freshman reunion and retrospective thing that was a lot of fun and we've never done since, but we basically did... Um, yeah, we played that show yeah, with you guys. It you was guys fun. did play that. It was a ton of fun. We basically did mashups of our whole history as a band and had original members play come and play. It's actually the last time I think, aside from comedy, that Jordan Waliba performed live. Um, so because uh, Jordan used to be in our band a long time ago. Oh, yeah, okay. and um, so uh, so yeah. So I mean, like as many original members as we could get that are like still alive or still in state. And we got, we got almost everybody and we did old fourth year freshman stuff, fourth year and, and white fudge anyway. So nice. That show, that show was amazing and it was sold out and everything. But what was so cool about this is it was like, it was like a Denver scene family reunion because it was the trade-ins and fast Eddie and us and everybody that was working there was a scene vet and everybody in all the vans, bands were all scene and service industry vets. And there was a sh- sold out show across the street at the Bluebird. And a lot of people just happened to be out and about. And I put a lot of money into ads on it, really got the word out. You know, there was actual pre-sales for the show. Like we I, like actually drove pre-sales by running these ads and things like that. We sold some stuff on our website. The club reported actually selling some stuff. All the bands got paid really well. There was people at the front of the stage all the way to the back of the room and filled in all around. Some of the best merch sales we've had. You have people singing along to stuff, pumping their fists, like really, really enjoying their night. And just as far as like overall checklist items for a show, it was... It was easily the best local show we've ever had. 
Hell yeah. Easily the best local show we ever had. Right on. Yeah. And then uh, and then the next day we did uh, Chain Reaction Records uh, all day thing uh, with with Gordo and Granny Tweed. And that was fucking yeah. awesome. That they loved you guys. It was a lot of fun. I don't know yeah. if you noticed that, Gordo, but they loved you guys. That's great. It was like people that were in there for the show they stayed in to watch you guys for the whole set they were they were stoked about what you're playing they were amazed by your guitar playing personally like you presented the songs very I was, well i was battling i was battling so much i was battling my gear so much were you it's just been a battle lately why what happened because um, I didn't notice well, when I was right Well, that's in front. good. That's good. I mean, it's, it's all smoke and mirrors anyway. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Ha-ta-ta! But, the, but no, the... As seen in this diagram. Like uh, like I was talking to Matt Flaherty, you know, about these pickups in my Moserite. They just, you know, kind of died. Oh. And so I had to replace them with my backup guitars pickups. And it's, it's all guitar geek shit but right. basically they they feed back in a very different and, and squelching horrible way so like trying to get ahead of that and anticipate it and trying to figure out you know how I can deal with really horrible sound from what? my own rig is just like it's it it, it, it kind of takes you out of the moment so like the first like the first few songs were great. It was just the back nine that was really giving me some trouble. So by the end, I was just like, "Let's get out of here!" Oh, like no, this thing, man. you guys were causing great. some problems. You guys but. were great. I, I didn't even notice. Well, I didn't notice awesome. at all, man. I enjoyed the whole set. I and like I mentioned before, I really loved hearing. Um, I, I really enjoyed hearing you play the ape shit mood ring stuff. And like, I like hearing the live version of songs that I've been listening to on recording. You know what I mean? And I and I've been listening to your record a lot and it was really cool to it was really cool to hear the way you guys presented it live. It was masterful. It was really great. Thanks, man. Yeah, of course. Appreciate it. And the good news the good news is I found a guy to rewind my old pickups that used to you work told me about at that. the old Moserite factory. You told Th- me about Thanks that. to Matt Flaherty. Yeah. That's really cool. See? So I'm super stoked about the whole thing. You heard it here, folks. The motherfucking podcast is bringing people together. We're, we're tearing down walls and building bridges. Living in oh, America. Yeah. Got to find my Moserite core guy. Living in America. I feel good. <laughs> I feel so good. (laughs) Anyway. If you're just joining us, we're sitting here with uh, our friend and uh, contemporary and colleague and compatriot, uh, artist, entertainer, musician extraordinaire, Bonnie Finley. And uh, biking drummer. And biking drummer. I might add. Oh, yeah. What's the biking drummer thing? Uh, we had a, uh, a at Cabal Gallery when it was open. We did a uh, uh, like a bicycle themed art show, and uh, we played and it was great. Uh, but we had a bike parade kind of thing to start the art show. You just like rode around Broadway on a bike. Uh, we we rode around the neighborhood there. Uh, the you know that <laughs> and area a bike parade. That's great. Yeah, and uh, we put uh, Logan Raynard of Gort versus Goom put. Uh, affixed his drum set to this uh crazy like it was it's like a trike it's like a trike well it's like a backwards trike almost like that like nacho libre trike (laughs) yeah with like a stage on the front 
Well, I, like it had another bike seat in the front, and I sat in the front part and played drums as I'm going down the street. <laughs> and uh, Molly Raynard's on the back with Logan Rear playing her guitar, like surfy guitar, right. with an amp, little amp and stuff. It's it was, pretty bitching. Yeah, it was fun. That's pretty. I, I've always wanted to do something like that, like do the like the like band on the move thing. Like, yeah, there was there was a band for a while. What were they called? Do you remember the band that used to set up at UMS and they had the stage truck? Oh, wow. I don't know. You know what I'm talking about? They would park directly in front of Three Kings. Oh, wow. And they had a stage truck. And then they got hired. Oh, wow. Jim hired them because he thought that was so cool. Yeah. You know, putting the stage like, truck It's kind of like Friends Forever, the band that uh, that we were talking about just a couple of weeks ago, the band that would pull up in front of shows, like, you know, like the tour that oh, followed yeah, the yeah, Melvins yeah, yeah, around yeah, yeah, yeah. and they just, just played Mel- shows oh, out of wow. their van and shit. Yeah. 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 That's so great. There was a, do you know who Ninja the band is? Oh, oh my no, God. I don't think so. Look them up. Everybody look up Ninja the Band, all right? Ninja we found the band. it. We played with them. So we opened for Hell's Bells in Portland at Dante's. Nice. And at that show was, uh, also on that show was this band called Ninja. And we're watching them play. And it's a bunch of guys in ninja costumes playing punk rock. That's awesome. You know what I mean? And we're like, you know, that's pretty cool. Punk rock band, ninja band, whatever. And then like we found out that that wasn't even their thing. Like them playing on stages was a weird thing. Oh. Because their whole gimmick is they roll, they have a stage on a cart and they roll up on people and they roll out all the gear that is run by, you know, battery packs and and things like that. And their whole shtick is like, like ninjas, you don't see them until they're right in front of you. Yeah. And then they like play and then they jump in the vi- the in the truck and they speed off. And they and they're gone just as fast as they arrived. And so there's all That's these incredible. Dude, it is so good because they're ninjas and they're like it's like like if a ninja like came down and w- instead of a, wanted to assassinate you with rock. Like that was their thing. It's like surgical surgical a- attacks. Dude. It is like gorilla, so, gorilla surgical attacks. I really hope variety. they're still it's doing awesome. it. It is so good. There's uh, so they have a bunch of videos on YouTube that is them showing up at different places and like playing surprise shows for people. But the best one is there is a drunk guy asleep in the middle of the road in like on a side road in a suburban neighborhood because it's fucking Portland and there's a ton of crazy people and a ton of wacky shit that happens in Portland and very laxed policies on dealing with all the craziness that happens. It's like one of those town. It's, it's very Denver like in the, in how free it is. Right. Yeah. So in fact, they make Denver look like conservative, um, Portland's nuts. So they, uh, they happen upon this drunk guy who is passed out in the middle of the fucking street. And the video is of them getting out of the truck super quietly. And they surround this drunk guy that's passed out in the middle of the street. And then, like, get everything turned on and set up. And then, 
and just start rocking out. And this fucking passed out guy just like wakes up and he's like looking around and like surrounded by a bunch of ninjas Holy with shit. drum kits and guitars just like playing in his face and singing to him. And then they pack up and they get in the truck and drive away. And then there's just video of the homeless guy just like, or the drunk guy just like laying there in the middle of the street, just like sitting up and like looking around like, did that really fucking just happen to me? And then he lays down and goes back to sleep. Yeah, it's pretty good stuff. Incredible. Yeah, I'd check them out. <laughs> I love it. Are they are they of Japanese? No, no, no. They're, they're just I, actually. It just seems like a very like that Japanese band thing to do. It does like, seem like a Japanese band thing to do. Like, uh, yeah, we uh, we got to play for uh, we got to open up for um, fucking P Lander Z. Uh, Lucky during, during one show. See, that's right another on. one. You guys are great. you guys are a perfect fit for that. It was great. It was fantastic. How, tell me about that. How was it opening for P Lander Z? It was it was amazing. What are we, they like uh, backstage? Are they uh, just super? Well, we chill just kind of hung out with them. Uh, the the pink one. Uh, I think her name is. I'm not. Oh, I can't remember it. Uh, we we were messaging just a. I think they like actually picked out the name of like Bolonium. Yeah, let them play. <laughs> you know? And uh so that, they, they were really one. nice. We didn't like hang out. It, it was at Streets of London before they changed it up to right. so it was just like not very much place to go, but right, just right, be right. in the area. Right. Um but yeah. Where did they change? Did they go to a hotel and change? Or are they like No, I mean there I mean there's a room to do that stuff in and we're not gonna go uh, hang out. Right, there. right, 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 right. Yeah. It's fine. There's a green room at streets. It's very tiny. I saw Dillinger Escape plan waiting back there one time. There's a know. there's a place in the basement that's the green room now. Oh, oh. and it's I've never and it's, been there. And, and it's quite nice. They have beverages and snacks. What and couch? What? That's oh, amazing. It's super nice. I love playing there now. Oh what? wow! <laughs> Hell yeah! They yeah, have snacks back there. Yeah, it was what? It's super awesome. tight. They have like chips, crackers. They got cheese, you know, like cheese balls and shit. shit. Yeah, it's it's pretty nice. Oh, dude, a nice green room. Hospitality. Yeah. A nice green room that can make a club, man. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so so they they got to see our kind of shtick thing too. Which that's was really the, cool. Which was the nicest thing about Dude, it. Shtick is a big thing oh, in yeah. Japan. Oh yeah, totally. I mean, it's we, a big thing here too, but it's like enormous oh, yeah. in Japan. We we were wearing like fry cook outfits, <laughs> you know, like the the it. apron and the shirt nice. and the hat, and they're like brilliant. And then uh, like in the middle of it. We do kind of like a strip, you know? yeah, 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 yeah. And, uh, everyone just takes off their Friar costumes to reveal the the red bologna meat color <laughs> in just suit form. That's so good. And I mean, a lot is revealed during this process. <laughs> Much is revealed during this process. It's pretty goddamn hilarious, and I don't know. You can find that on our. I I posted a live video of that. That, that's on your YouTube yeah, or Yeah, Bolonium's YouTube. Yeah, check out Bolonium. Yeah. What's Bolonium's YouTube real quick? Uh, I think it's just you, you type in Bolonium. YouTube. Yeah. I don't think there's uh, anything else called Bolonium. B-O-L-O-N-I-U-M. Yeah, I'm sure yeah, you yeah. guys can see and it. And prepare for a visual feast. Yeah, yeah. No. Yeah. They're great. Uh, we played with um, Electric Eel Shock is from Japan. Oh. Have you ever heard of that band? No. 
Dude, they're fucking awesome. So they're this they're this three piece punk rock band that just has like super fun songs, like very like motorheady and punk rock and pop punk nice. and like like very just very cool fun songs, right? And their uh, drummer plays naked with a giant cock sock on. And he plays with a flea is what we call yeah, it. Yeah, well, but like an extra long, like a long, concept, long, like one? a super oh. long, one. <laughs> like the size of your leg. He wears that, and then, um, oh, what do they? Uh, I'd like to see that, dude. It's so good. And he plays with uh, four drumsticks, and it's just like shredding through drumsticks all wow. night, right? Just smashing on the drums, throwing them everywhere, and uh, their lead singer is a professional fisherman so if you go on his instagram it is all uh it's it's all fishing pictures like pictures of like fishing stills and fishing video and um in their tour van they have a tour van that is in the uk that they take over to mainland europe and go around whenever they go on tour Mm -hmm. uh and in the back of it is their equipment and they're fishing rods. And they basically just go around Europe and or wherever they're touring and like they fish and they play rock and roll shows and that's it. Super fun band and definitely like that like weird, kitschy caricature of of rock and roll. Like really intense facial expressions and like like goofy stage banter and stuff. Mm-hmm. Super fucking cool, man. Yeah. Check them out. They're really great. We actually were like, we're like, oh, we'll come play with you guys in Japan. And they're like, they're like, they're like, oh no, 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 no. You don't want to tour Japan. It's not that great. Da, da, da. And they're like, we'll come tour with you in the US. And we're like, you don't really want to come tour in the US either. It's not super great. It's really hard for independent bands. And they're like, yeah, we'll just meet in Europe then. Because <laughs> it's really good over there. Yeah. And I get Oh, I would love to do that. It's, oh my god. I think you guys are well on your way. Like like with And that's the dream there. How many videos did you produce in a year, you said? Uh 23. 23 Balonium videos in a year. Oh, that, not in a year. No, 23 is the total volume. In uh, how long? Uh that was 3 years. Three, that's 3 years. 3 to 4 years. But like we're not talking like live videos. We're talking 23 no. like produced narrative driven yeah. produced with videos with gore and claymation and all kinds of stuff and uh, yeah all all and like sets that oh yeah big big giant sets Uh, that is so very goddamn cool yeah it's great (laughs) man uh gordo what time is it just so i know uh we are at uh, it's oh yeah we're we're over yeah yeah we're rolling up on three hours here 6 30 yeah wow you just lose track of time. That's crazy. Yeah, that's least. that's what happens. Yeah, I, yeah. Uh, it's the vortex. It's we did the MF um, vortex. We did uh, f- like o- like we did over four hours with Justin Lasell. That was crazy, and it just flew by. It's, yeah, it's, it's crazy. Great. I just yeah. like it's been great sitting down and talking with you, Bonnie. Yeah, you too. Like we've we have literally never done this before. No, and I really wasn't sure to expect because I don't know enough about who you are in person. You know what I yeah. mean? I know yeah, you through the internet that. and then an occasional Yeah, same here. Like an occasional thing in, in public. And it's I gotta say, it's been it's been a real joy. Yeah. It's same been really here. nice getting to know you. It's been really nice hanging hanging out. I would love to have you back again. 
Yeah, sure. Uh, take Mar, bring Mar next time. Yeah, uh, when when I, it yeah, happens, come back with Mar sometime. Yeah, come back or, with Mar uh, or Tim and Richard. That would be great. Yeah, tell yeah. T- and tell them if if they're not if they're not watching and they don't see this, tell them I'd love to have them on the show. Oh, Bolonium already posted that we were doing this. Oh, so, cool. Yeah. yeah, I would love All to have right. them on the show. And by the time we have them on the show. We'll get the stuff dialed in, and we'll show some videos on here. And yeah, no, that'd be great. It'd be really great. It's the next yeah. step. Yeah, that is the next step. We're yeah, going to totally. dial in. That's another thing. Uh, I mentioned Evergroove is one of our sponsors earlier. One of the things we got to play with, you know, was like I, I mentioned their their broadcast setup. Uh, Ethan Klein, who helps us with this show now, is and is helping with our live stream now. He built out their whole live stream rig, and I got to play with that thing. And it is just amazing. Like, man, it, I mean, the, the people who watch the stream, you know, didn't even see the beginning of what it, they are capable of doing out of that place. So um, it's it, just another reason to go up there and work on a project. You can literally, yeah, literally. I would love to do that. Literally. We're, we're, if you, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. I was just saying, like, yeah, we're about to start on the new album and stuff. Yeah. So. And you could literally stream the entire session yeah and that's cool and you know we thought about just making it available on our patreon and then we made it um a public post on patreon yeah and then i kind of just went you know what facebook is going to cock block the feed if we post an outside link let's just put it out on all the channels and just show people what this place is capable of because it's truly amazing, mm-hmm. yeah, really truly amazing stuff, and I'm, I'm I'm excited to get to that point and be able to bring people like Richard and Tim on and 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 show that stuff. Because I yeah. mean, I have just been blown away with how much content you guys produce. Uh, it's yeah. crazy. Uh, we so we still have one more video to make off that last album. Really? Yeah, it's for Schadenfreude. <sighs> And it's taken it just we couldn't meet the deadline in time man it really it really makes me want to do uh, uh, like I'm gonna go home tonight and start brainstorming videos for the whole new album like, oh yeah yeah uh, yeah yeah maybe, maybe Richard and Tim can help us out that would be a lot of fun that would be a lot of fun maybe you can yeah, you and Mark them. can help us out building yeah. some shit yeah 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 well I hope we get to work together yeah me too yeah I really do I am I'm I'm got my fingers crossed for it uh, so yeah, this has been episode 97 of the motherfucking podcast. Thanks to my guest, Bonnie Finley. Thanks to my partner in this whole thing. You are definitely my partner in this whole thing. Our producer, Partners Gordon Ledwood. My partner, Gordon Yay. Ledwood. Yay. Thanks to Ethan Klein for helping with the stream. And thanks to Nug Nation Studios for having us once again. Thanks for listening to the motherfucking podcast. If you want to help support what we do, uh, become a patron at patreon.com slash mfruckus. Big shout out to everybody who helped with or came to the shows this past weekend. They were fucking amazing. We love you guys. And we'll see you. What? In the one for the homies. Oh, in the one for the homies. Yes. Oh, thank you, Gordo. Just one little bit of business. So, every week, we end the episode with the one for the homies shout out. Unless I forget, but Gordo's gotten better at keeping me from forgetting. Mm-hmm. So every we end every episode with the one for the homies shout out, which is basically you pick a band that you think deserves just a little extra love, and we will look up one of their songs, and Gordo will add the audio to the end of... Uh, the podcast version of this when it gets released on 
um, iTunes and, and Spotify and all the rest of it. And uh, we'll put one of their songs at the end of the episode so people have something to listen to while they're searching for the next podcast. Oh. Yeah. So pick a band and we will find something of theirs. Uh, or you could even pick your own band and we I, could put a Bolonium song. I mean, I'm it. just going to say Bolonium. All right. Sorry. Let's put a Bolonium song Bolonium on Bolonium it is. Bolonium oh, it is. We were both hoping you were going to say that. Yeah. Anyway. Actually, right. actually, <laughs> after I finished giving the description, I was like, I should have just said, let's put a Bolonium song at the end of the episode. I'm glad you gave a, me the, yeah. the choice. But yeah, that's, 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 that's the choice I'm taking. That's kind of what I want. So pick a Bolonium song and we'll put it on the end. Uh, Let's do... Uh, Let's do factoids. 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 Okay. So this is if you uh, unfortunately if you're watching the live stream you won't hear it now, but go and look it up right now. Factoids by Bolonium. Uh, but if you're listening to the audio version of the podcast in the future, this is factoids by Bolonium with Bonnie Finley on drums, right? Yep, and and some backup vocals and some backup vocals as well. Bitchin'. Uh, and real quick, plug your show again. High Dive, March 15th. That's a Sunday. Uh, we're going to be playing Bolonium, uh, Damn Celine, and Gort versus Goom. It's going to be a great night. It's cool. a nice lineup. $10, 21 plus. Go to that show. Uh, this has been episode 97 of the motherfucking podcast. I'm Aaron Howell. I'm Gordo. And we'll catch you next time. Zippity doodah.
to a mutiny transmission you can find more podcasts videos books comics and records online at mutinyinfocafe.com or just stop in the store in denver and have a coffee sometime Yeah. Hey man, look at Marvin's hand. Yeah.